Hello, good evening, and welcome to the Sunday Night Breakdown. Daniel Ratledge and Dave Forrester with you to go through all the action in the British Basketball League this week. No midweek game, Dave. What's going on? I oh, know. It was like, it's, it's like everybody got a break in the new year, didn't they? Yeah. You know, I thought, so no no European game. There was the late, the London Lions ladies game, which I kind of flirted with a little bit, but I just, I thought, no, let's, let's save the energy. It's, just, it's that first week of term, isn't it? Everyone's getting back to work. Mm. Nobody really wants to be at work. January has still got like seven months to go. <laughs> it never seems like it's going to finish. So, it, yeah, it, nothing to break, nothing to have fun about. Nothing. No. To have fun. Well, there was plenty of fun in the first game on Friday night, which was Manchester Giants 95, Caledonia Gladiators oh, yes, 94. Was. Uh, William Lee back for the Giants. He had an early three, but on with, with a couple of triples himself and the Gladiators took an early lead 10-5. Yeah, I'm assuming that William Lee's injury was an ankle because I, I don't think it was ever announced. I didn't ever catch it if it was, but he certainly the, the commentators were talking about him a couple of times kind of with his ankle. Um, and obviously that's a, a nasty injury for a basketball player mm. and the amount of um, pressure that goes through it. Um Gladiator still without Fraser as well. You know, Fraser is a um an integral piece. It kind of puts Tappy in not over his head, but it puts a lot more responsibility on him. Mm. You know, that, that they have to um use him a lot more. He, he's far more integral to them when they haven't got the, the kind of Fraser comfort blanket. Um but it the for the first half of the game was um Basically, Caledonia making threes. Mm. Well, it um, was Jimenez Bailey on wash consecutive threes, and they were 18 29 out. And then Burns and even Oscar Baldwin hit one in the last yeah. minute. They were eight of 12 from three in the first quarter. In the first quarter, which is crazy, mm. isn't it? You know, you're not going to make 32 in a game. And they did move the ball really well. And Manchester's Manchester have a, a passing. Interest in defense at times. You know, <laughs> probably the best way I can put it. Yeah, it's probably, as the, it's probably the, polite the, as well. <laughs> it's a mechanism to get the ball back. You know, yeah. um, and there are times when actually they can't. It's not all the time, you know. But they've got a lot of vets on Manchester, and they know when they need to play, and they know when they, they know when the game's being played. You know, so they're more interested in asserting their tempo. And whilst um, Caledonia were making all those shots and no doubt feeling really good about themselves and the ball was moving, um, they were getting the ball back very quickly because quite often, because Manchester was shooting the ball quick and quite often Manchester was scoring quick. Mm. And it might have only been twos as opposed to the threes that were going in at the other end. But when you make eight of 12 threes in, in, a, in the quarter and you're only up seven or something like that. 25-35. 25-35 at that point. You're up 10. And it's like, okay, and they've got, you know, we know what you know what we say about a 10 point game in a 35 25 first quarter. Yeah, right? yeah, it's nothing. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's nothing. It's three possessions. And I, I thought that actually where the game was won and lost, it, not forget all the stuff, all the shenanigans at the end. I thought it was the fact that um, Caledonia couldn't get stops mm. whilst they were making all those shots. And they could have blown it out. And they, and they never did. They never got it past 14. And despite the fact that at one point they were on par for it, they were, they were going for like a 65 point half or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It slowed down near the end. And you have to defend the first seven seconds with Manchester more than anybody else. As soon as yeah. Fletcher's got the ball, there's a risk of a, 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 a throw ahead to Green, a pin down for Dirk, or Fletch just going. Yeah. And then Robeson getting a rebound. If you don't defend that first seven, eight seconds and slow them down in their gym, they're comfortable, even if they're down 10 and 12. Yeah, they're comfortable. yeah, yeah. 
And I thought uh, even on makes, be... that's the that's the other thing with Manchester. Yeah. It's even on makes, they get the ball in quick and, and you're in trouble. Well, they've determined that's their game. That's mm. the way they're gonna play. They're not other than Robertson, they're not um a, a physically dynamic team. You know, that they're all kind of long skinny basketball skinny basketball players, right? Put it that way. They're not there's not that much meat behind them. The two bigs are Green and Lee, who are athletic mm. as heck, but they you know they're not they're not muscle guys. And um, they've decided that their best way is running up and down. Mm. And with the talent that the offensive talent that they've got, they trust it themselves. It probably is, yeah. Well, it probably is. I'm not, not criticizing that uh, at all. But you have to know that if you're going in their gym. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think Gareth would have been disappointed. I know he was actually because Daryl Wood did an interview before the game today um, with Mark Woods before the Caledonia game today. And he said, yeah, we thought we weren't connected enough defensively in the first half. Mm. And I thought that was spot on because I didn't think they were. And um, ultimately, it got into a scoring race. Yeah. Scoring race so, favoured the home team. So it stayed double figures for most of the second quarter, but Giants cut it to two early in the third quarter, 58-60. And they basically traded scores for the remainder of the game. And because and there's so much happening at the end, shall we just jump forward? Yeah, I will, say, I will say that Onwas was outstanding in this game. Um, whatever his numbers were, um, he made shots. He played defense. He rebounded. He, he made he made um, passes. You know, he he really looked ready for the game. I thought, um, and he's been a bit. You missed the game last week. A couple of weeks beforehand, he had yeah, he, he had a no point game against somebody. I can't remember against Leicester in the cup. But he, you know, he never he wasn't there. And um, you know, he really bounced back in this game. And you know, he really really solid player. Um, but yeah, the end. Wow. So uh, let's let's walk our way into it. Four uh, four to play. Burns hits a three on West with a hook. 87-90. Three twenty to go. I wanted to get your opinion on this one. Lewis with the air ball. Uh, Legend Robertson with the rebound. He kind of catches Baldwin on the nose, and then he dunks the ball. Eighty nine ninety. Baldwin left the game. Never never came back in. But obviously, we saw the one um, with was it Green against Nelson Henry that was allowed to go. We've seen Menzies get called for that. It's that Green sort against of... Nelson Henry, yeah. Green against Nelson Henry was on, on a defensive rebound. Yeah, it was, yeah. Um so and, and he and he was in a he was in a lot of space. He wasn't he wasn't anywhere near where um, Roberton was in this situation. Um I what I saw it happen, I, I thought the difficulty Roberton had was he had the ball down low. Yeah. And he was protecting the ball down low and he pulled it up. And I thought it was more incidental than any of the other ones I've seen. I'll put it. I'll, I'll say it that way. Okay. That said, that said, um, and I'm not a ref on this one, but you know, contract with el- contact with elbow to nose. If a ref sees it, yeah. has to be an offensive foul. Yeah, it doesn't that even. It doesn't necessarily have to be an unsportsmanlike, but it has to be an offensive foul. Um, and as I say, Baldwin came out of the game, never came back. Now he he may have been, he may have come out anyway. at any point, anyway, but. He yeah, certainly, I mean, he certainly I, looked. Uh, he certainly appeared to be getting quite a bit of treatment on it. Yeah. Well, what I'll say is, I had to rewind it to see it. Mm. Uh, I didn't see it first time. I was, you know, because you know, there was a lot of bodies and Robin's a big guy and he goes up and he takes up a lot of space. So yeah, 50-50 call. You might not get it in your in the opposition's gym. So then, two fifty six to go. Sloan drive kicks out to kicks it to Tape underneath, sort of hooks it round to him. Eighty nine, uh, ninety two. Fletcher's then called. Uh, for a charge, Onwas taking it per per your uh, uh, comments earlier. Basket it, weighed off, but but I was about to say 
was he there is the question. Oh, he wasn't close. And, and, and the ref, Paul Watkins on the baseline, he wasn't helped by anybody else because mm. that really was a difficult call for where he was on that baseline because what he saw was on that squared up in the last minute almost. And he had a he had a good stance on him like that. And then he, yeah, and then he went, oh, no, I need to be yeah. over here. Now, now, the ref probably sees him. ref's probably looking at the moment that he stood and sees Fletcher pick up the ball because he's got to look at both things if you're a ref, mm. right? Mm. And then sees the contact. But what we all see on the camera is um, is him slopping sideways. And that was a three-point play. And that was 100% of charge. Mm. Uh, 100% of block, sorry. Mm. Absolutely 100%. And um, as I say, the, neither of the two refs at the top really gave gave Paul Walton much much support on that one, um, because what either of them should have had a call. It doesn't matter whether it's uh, certainly the, the 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 I lose I always lose it. I always forget the terminology. Which one is the lead? Which one is the trail? But certainly the the ref who was on that side of the court should have had a call, either a block or a charge. At the same time as the other ref, it should be both of you calling it. Mm. So yeah, they, they, so yeah, Caledonia caught a massive. So so that. obviously that's that's a break in the fact that it's potentially an and one because Fletcher makes the score. Yeah. Um, if it is called a block, it's also even it's sort of doubled down on the next play because uh, I thought Caledonia probably had one pass too many on the next play. They ended up missing, but on the rebound, Omwas uh, commits a foul. That was his fourth. So had he been called for the. For the charge at the for the block at the other end, uh, one fifty eight to go, he would have fouled out. Oh, he wouldn't have. He wouldn't have contested the rebound. Well, maybe, maybe. Uh, uh, who knows? Who knows? If some puts, if some hands will put some puns. Indeed. Um. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's right. So then one thirty eight to go. Dirk with a turnover. Sloan runs it uh, back for a layup. Dirk blocks it from behind. Called the dolt goaltend. Not too dissimilar to what was what was about to come. That. Uh-huh. 89-94. Uh, timeout called. They advance the ball. Dirk gets a very Dirk rhythm three. Knocks it down 92-94. Yeah, and that's the rhythm thing, isn't it? That's why all those shots are getting the first half. And, and and you know, these guys are going to make shots at the end of the game. You know, the, 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 the Fletcher and Williams are just the outstanding end-of-game players. They're outstandingly talented offensive players who've been there before, who know when it's their time. And who have a skill set which very different skill sets, but skill sets which you can't necessarily stop if they know what they're doing, if their heads are right. And um, you know, it, it's beginning to irritate me the way teams are guarding Dirk the last few weeks because they're just guarding him like he's anybody else. Mm. You know, and in, in, in the minute that you can't just put your hand up to Dirk and say, "Oh, I'm there," I mean, I'm there. The moment he gets the ball into his shooting pocket, and as soon as he brings it up, doesn't matter where you are. If he's able to do that in rhythm in space, the only thing that's making him miss is him. Mm. You're not changing his shot. You've got to be right up on him. You're almost on his hip, sending him to his left side. Because if you're up on his hip to his right side, he's past you. Sending him to his left and making him pass the ball. And, you know, it's hard because he's the type of guy that I think players think that they're guarding him. They think that they've got him in front of them. Then, boom, Mm. you know, he's gone. So they think they're doing a good job. And then half a second later, he's at the rim, he's shooting a layup, he's making a layup. And um, what kind of frustrates me is that teams aren't specifically game planning for him. They're not um, sending second defenders and not making sure a second defender is there. And they're not basically understanding that he isn't passing. Mm. At that point of the game, not yeah, unless you yeah, help right yeah. off the strong side where he's facing. So there's a man right in the corner. So he's literally looking at him. 
Dirk's not Dirk's not driving to throw the ball over his shoulder at somebody on the weak side mm. or to drop it off to the big guy. You know, we we know that because we've watched him for years. And that means if he's not if he's not passing, then in reality, yeah, you've got to keep an eye on the def of the defensive glass if he throws it up and misses, so you can't just all collapse on him. But you have to be aware that you know that he's gonna shoot the shot, you've got to make his shot as difficult as possible. And mm. I don't think they did in this game. I don't think it's to be fair, the teams that have played them um including tonight, Bristol, last week, Newcastle, and can't remember who they played before that. It's been the same. You know, he's been getting good looks. He's too good. Uh, so, almost wide open for three. That one rimmed out. Uh, Roberto with the rebound. One minute, 12 to go. Fletcher drive and kick. Robertson wide open for three, and he misses. And this uh, is the thing, you say, well. ultimately... You have your sheet. There's reason that these guys have the ball in their hands at the end of the game. They almost might make that shot at home. Robertson isn't Dirk Williams. You know, if you're glad if you're Caledonia, that's good defense. You know, if Robertson's shooting a three, you'll live. If he, be if he beats you with a three, that, you know, that's good for him. But that's far better. It's a far better result than Dirk or, or Ramon or Nick Lewis shooting the ball. Mm. Uh, so, uh, 34 seconds ago, Caledonia running some clock, uh, had an open look. Um, but 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 took t decided to take the time instead of uh, I think it was Bailey had the ball in the corner and he could have easily shot it, but he I wanted to run that, the clock. I thought that, and, and you know what? What immediately came back to was it came back to um because obviously I was present. The shot that he shot against Newcastle when they were down four in the fast break. Yeah, he, yeah, 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 yeah. He walked it. You know, there's forty seconds to go. They're down four. He he walks into a three point shot in the fast break, which is basically a. A win or go home shot. Yeah, you know, if, you, if you miss that shot, you know there's nobody else to rebound it. Yeah, Eagles have got the ball up four going the other end. The game is done, and he walked into it and stroked it with an enormous amount of confidence. And I thought when he didn't shoot that ball, there's a difference in mindset there. Yeah, maybe because they're behind as opposed well, to behind, yeah, they're ahead in this game rather than behind. Yeah, playing when you're in front is different yeah. from playing when yeah. you're behind. And yet, what coaches will always say is keep attacking. Yeah. I remember once, I'll give you, go on, just for anybody who doesn't care. Um, I remember once early on when I was on the bench for the Eagles and I think Charles shot the ball. We were up um, maybe two at Guildford with like 20 seconds to go. And um, we had the chance to run another 10 seconds and Charles was open for three. Obviously, Charles knocked it down. Mm. And I'm like, that's not a good shot. <laughs> Absolutely, it's Charles. You know, it's a good shot. We're going to shoot the ball. He's open, and I argued about argued for about an hour on the bus home about it. But ultimately, it was about the players' mentality. You know, mm. as, a, as a coach, you try to, to to kind of manage the game, micromanage the game to within a second. But ultimately, it's not about the coach. It's about the players. It's about the mm. players making shots and stepping up and not being afraid to miss. You know, so yeah. Um, so they so so they pulled it back out and ran some clock and then uh, Robinson blocks Bailey uh, yeah. and there's three point nine seconds on the shot clock. It's an out of bounds on the baseline. Gareth calls a timeout. Obviously drew up a, a lovely play, well executed. Tape just needs to score at the end of it. Yeah, Tape didn't really finish at the rim very well in this game on the roll. And again, you know, this is this this none of this stuff happens in a vacuum, right? Because again, last week Tape fouled out at Newcastle on offensive fouls when he over when he rolled too hard, mm. and he ran people over. And if you remember, he ran over I think Cohen, and mm. that was his fifth foul. And then he played nineteen minutes. So in this game, he was a little bit more tentative, for what I could see in relation to his finishing on the roll, mm. because no doubt he's got in his mind I can't I can't foul out, you know I can't I can't 
act that way. And this was one of them. You know, he got a good look. You know, he, he's got if he finishes, he's six ten all season. He's been finishing those those players, mm. and he didn't mm. finish that one. No, and it goes out of bounds for a Manchester possession with thirty point five seconds to go. Uh, timeout. Don't advance the ball. Um, Dirk off the screen from Robertson into the three, knocks it down 95 94, 16.8 seconds to go. This was fascinating. You know, I watched this and I watched it back and I watched it back and I've actually sought some counsel about this mm. because quite, you know, we've talked about illegal screens all, all season, mm. right? And it's quite, I, I'm pretty certain that what Robertson said um, was not legal because. Mm. His legs were splayed. Very wide. Very, very wide screen, right? But a screen cannot be illegal if there is no contact. Yeah. There has to be contact for a foul to, for a foul to take place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what Onwas did was to actually do a decent job of evading the contact yeah. and defending the play pretty well. I mean, Williams made a hell of a shot, right? But if Onwas had run into Robertson's hip... He probably gets a foul. There's a hell of a call there for a referee to make. And yeah, to be yeah, honest, yeah. on everything I've seen this season, that's an offensive foul because yeah, yeah. you know he was he was he was covering I, off the I court. must admit, I watched it back and forth like you on that one, looking at it, and then I, I was it came to the same sort of conclusion. It's not really a foul. Um the, foul. Uh, in in some ways it's a bit like the I don't know if you saw the Mo Salah goal for Liverpool. Yes, where, where he's offside, but the defender then heads it, but the defender's only heading it. And it's one of those if he Yeah, well that, that problem is that rule's changed so much that I don't yeah, yeah, who knows I still think it should be offside because Demara yeah. scored one for Newcastle yesterday, which yeah. was the same the keeper touch. Yeah. And I don't get that, but I'm yeah. I'm just an old fuddy duddy. Um but um no, there can't it literally there cannot be it cannot be an illegal screen if there's no contact. There has yeah. to be contact on it. You can yeah. you could you could you could lie on the court doing pirouettes or, yeah, or somersaults yeah, yeah. or something if if no one hits you, it's not a foul. Um but it's it's so it just kind of demonstrates the importance of, of, of kind of the screen rule navigation. And, you know, a smarter player, I'd say a smarter player, or if almost has his time again, maybe he runs into Robert and yeah. you know, put his hands in the air, make yeah. the ref make a call. Yeah, but yeah. instead he does what he's been told to do by the coach. He gets around the screen and he, he contests the shot. Yeah, he did contest on, it. On, on, on that side, you know, Dirk's leaning away, just a yeah, shot yeah. that only Dirk can make. Yeah. Uh, so there's 16.8 seconds to go. Uh, Manchester are now up one, 95-94. Timeout, obviously no advance of the ball. Uh, Sloan, high pick and roll. Uh, Green switches. He mm. attacks Green, gets in front of him, and uh, and 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 Green comes from behind and blocks him. And there was huge debate across the internet as to whether it was a a block or a, or a goaltend. My first real time look at it said goaltend yeah. when i played it back at 0.5 and kept hitting back 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 it looks to me like there's a slight deflection from him onto the board back to his hand and then up in the air which is why it looked a bit strange in real time and i think it was probably a legal block uh, yeah well yeah I, I certainly agree with you my, all you can do on something like that is go on your first look and my mm. first look was that was a goaltend mm. now sloan's made that play you know, hundred times this year. You know, it was a good play. He got the switch. Mm. Um, for Green to come back and make that, you know, that's probably a play that Green's one of the few bigs in the league that who could make it because of his athleticism and his bounciness. Um, still not great defense by Manchester because basically Sloan got a straight line drive, yeah, or a six foot eight guy at the rim, yeah. right, and there was nobody anywhere near helping. 
No. You know, so Manchester kind of caught a break in relation to the defence that they played, but they relied on their guy to play one-on-one defence and he just did enough to persuade mm. the refs that he was legit. Um, mm. And I got no issue with, with that call, having looked it back as you. I looked it back with you. What we need is more cameras. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, to be honest, in the NBA, you got the camera on the top of the backboard. Yeah. The camera on the top of the backboard kills we'll tell that. You. Yeah, yeah. Kills that immediately. You see it straight away. Who to where did what did the ball hit first, or was it simultaneous? Um, so it's an impossible call for a ref. Mm-hmm. Impossible call. But, and if you're not, but sure, interestingly, you it made me then go back to the previous one that we just talked about, yeah. uh, and and watch that again to see because they both have that sort of weird deflection where it goes up in the air afterwards. I did think that was a goal. I didn't think that wasn't a goal to when it happened. Mm. The other one, I can't even. No, I didn't. No, I, no, yeah. so. so but yeah, um, but you know, as I say, you know, ultimately ninety-five points on the you give up ninety-five on the road. You mm. know, you're in a scoring race. You hope that you're going to get a call at the end of the game. You hope you're going to make a play at the end of the game. Green probably doesn't make that place in that make that play in Glasgow. Mm. You know, Glasgow probably win. Caledonia probably win. You have to control the tempo of the game on the road, and they didn't do that. The other thing is they but, lost. Um, they between either arguing with the referee or thinking the game was finished, they forgot. <laughs> that actually there was still five or six seconds left. They're only down one. A foul yeah. sends them to the free throw line and gives you another chance at shooting a three. Yeah. And they didn't. Yeah. 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 Well, they were done. I mean, they were done. You know, mentally, you think, it's tough that you think you're kind of, you know, we could do a long, long season, long breakdown on late game execution mm-hmm. and late game decision making and, and, um, and who's, makes the smart players and who's really alert to it but you know emotion takes over a lot yeah yeah, yeah. you know and you know Sloan thought he made the play I'm sure he legitimately thought it was a good he, he was the one he was arguing with the referee yeah. Green was flexing his muscles somebody yeah. else got the rebound through it to Fletch and Fletch actually did the smart thing is saw somebody yeah. running towards him and just threw it because yeah. he knew yeah. by the time the ball got to the other end of the court time would have expired yeah he made the play and, and you know yeah. that's not a reviewable play that's done yeah. Yeah. you know Fine, good for them. So Dirk Williams, 25 points, nine of eleven shooting, six of seven from three point range. Eleven oh. shots, twenty-five points. Amazing. Oh. Uh Green 16 and 9. Fletcher 15 points and 11 assists. Lee 13.7 rebounds in 23 uh, and a half minutes on his return. They were 12 of 30 from three-point range, Manchester, in the end. They made the two that mattered, didn't they? They made the, the two end. that mattered, That's yeah. the problem. You know, you're on the, on the road. You got, mm. They're going to make those shots when it matters. On was uh, 16 points, 10 rebounds. Bailey had 15, uh, 14 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists. Sloan, 13 points and 5 assists. 15 of 28 uh, from three-point range, which from 8 from 12... Um, is is yeah. well, they, a regression they, to the mean, isn't very it? Very good, very they yeah, did indeed. Yeah. So let's uh move on. He says, not being able to move his paper to Bristol, where the Flyers beat the Leicester Riders 91 to 84. Leicester obviously released Derek Thornton that day, so he uh wasn't playing. Um, King and Delpesh helping the Flyers out to a 14 9 lead, but Leicester able to level the scores, tight first quarter 17 all. Yeah, I think we kind of called the Thornton thing yeah. last week. You know, it just didn't look right with him only playing the six minutes in that game. I think that's probably the right move. I think ultimately you've got two really good guards there in McKenzie and Washington. Washington's healthy. And um, 
taking away, you know, not having somebody who's not really fitting in, eating up those minutes when you can get those minutes out of players who are in the system already. Mm. Um, probably makes it a kind of an addition by subtraction. I guess that they'll probably add somebody who's probably a combo guard, I would have thought. I don't think you'll go for a straight point guard. I'd be surprised if he went for a straight point guard. Um, because of the way McKenzie and, and Washington, what they have with McKenzie and Washington. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, so Leicester's therefore playing two imports down because they only had, only had four all season, of course. Mm. Um, was, and they're playing a gym that they haven't had a tremendous amount of recent success in uh, at Bristol. So Bristol are kind of getting comfortable playing against the, the, the beating London there, the better teams there. Um, the... First quarter of this game, and then actually into the second quarter, I, I, in fact, probably for most of the game, if I'm honest, it was both teams doing what they do mm. well and, and being attacked in what they don't do well. That makes sense. Mm. Um, Leicester really struggled in the middle in this game. Both Nelson Henry and Menzies defensively really struggled to guard the quicker guys, um, the quicker um, Del Pesh and Smith and, and, and all the Bristol guys coming off the screens. So they were in the drop coverage, but basically the Bristol guys were getting downhill and they were able to score far too far too easily, I think, for Leicester's liking. Um, however, that said, from Leicester's perspective, they were able their shooters were able to get good looks. Mm. You know, so they were able to move the ball two or three times, and then Loving's got a shot, or Whelan's got a shot, or Jackson gets the ball where he wants it. So Leicester have kind of gone from in in, in probably half a season from being like the team that was really Crandall and Nelson Henry kind of dominant offensively, you know, and then everybody else just fitted in and knocked down shots and killed you when you when you had to pick your poison to now being a team that's really more um, dependent upon people like Loving and Jackson and, and, and to a certain degree Whelan showing off their skills, you know, mm -hmm. showing what, what skilled scorers they are. And to be fair, um, they've all stepped up to that to show that that they don't just need to be force fed a diet of open shots to get to, to, yeah, to yeah, 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 yeah. you know and loving in particular is is kind of expanded it is shown has expanded his game in a way that probably we didn't see last year uh, and Jackson's always been like that mm. um but what that does do is that it's it's you know towards the end of games and even when you desperately need a basket you know the generally the balls in your hands your point guard you know, so it, it becomes a little bit harder to to get the ball to where you need it to get to when it when it really matters. So, um, yeah, so Bristol really went at them. So to under know. to underline the the two points that you've just made, King had nine points in a thirteen two run to lead thirty nine thirty with three to go in the second quarter, and then Loving hit two threes. Jackson had five points as Leicester tied the game forty one forty one. Flyers then got the first five points of the second half and kind of stayed sort of three to six points ahead uh right until uh near the end of the game so I was yeah just... we also in the meantime what was significant was we had a connor sighting you know a connor yeah. kind of a connor looking like connor yeah kind of sighting, you know which is massive for less yeah um so he had you know he made some made some threes he's moving moving he's got that little he had that little edge but that little yeah. edge back his defense was was there he's, you know obviously if you have a back injury then you know, he's, he, he can either basically play or you can't. He can play effectively mm. or you can't. And I don't think he's been able to play effectively for the past two months, but I thought this was a sign that he really can now because he really stepped into into the challenge of this game. Um, To the point where, and, and to be fair, you know, um, Mackenzie did as well. Mackenzie's played, played, played well as well. Um, But if, if Bristol um, didn't 
I, I started thinking that after this game, you know, what is the appropriate um, collective noun for the amount of foul shots they missed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I came up with epidemic. <laughs> Um, that was literally the best, you know, an, an yeah. epidemic of missed foul shots, probably yeah, not yeah. quite the level of a pandemic, but an epidemic of missed I, foul shots. I was just looking and I don't seem to have written it down for some reason. I think they were 13 and 27 at one point. Yeah. I don't yeah. think they made many more after that. Yeah. Um, so and, ag again, it, almost as if we planned this, let's, let's pick up yeah. those two points. Washington for three with 3.18 to go, 83 81 and then Miller one for three from the free throw line 13 seconds later it's a three-point game with three minutes to play 84 81 yeah guys tonight said that Miller was shooting like 56 percent from the foul line you know so you know good good man to foul yeah, yeah. um yeah so, and it was interesting Rob went with Washington at the end of the game because yeah. Washington was playing so well that was yeah. intriguing um so so Sorry, the, there's one more thing in this yeah. game. There's a curiosity in this game. And, and, and I thought, again, it's going to figure on the next game that we talk about as well. Uh, the refs got a bit busy around the end of the third quarter, mm. the, the third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter. And there was one unusual call um, which which um, was made uh, where they called um, Bristol for an offensive foul. And I think it was I think it was maybe King or Delpesh. I think mm. it was King. I can't remember. Um, took the contact, laid it in offensive foul. Um, but we're insistent that basket was good. Mm. Or that, that which basket is good because the ball is released before the contact. Yeah. And then that means the foul itself is not a team control foul. Yeah. Which means you're in team fouls and the other team goes down the far end and shoots two foul shots. Yeah. And it was nothing close. It wasn't mm. close. <laughs> you watch the replay, he whacks into him and he goes up again, he shoots it. And and it took you know two and a half minutes of you know explaining to everybody what's going on the coach. Yeah, going yeah there was a lot of chatter about it. You know, a lot of chatter because it's unusual. On. You don't see it very often. You don't see it very often. I mean, it very uh, often. what you said there was all by rule correct. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't happen very often because normally the call that is a call that you make when someone shoots a floater yeah. and then runs them over. Yeah, so the balls the balls off the fingertips mm. comfortably off the fingertips before it goes in. This was not in close. This was Keith. Mm. Keith was getting a bit busy. I haven't seen much of Keith this year, but this was this was this was Keith in, in, in you know being interventionist to use my <laughs> And unfortunately, on this one, it, it was the right call, but not on the facts that we saw. Mm. And it got a bit twisted. The game then after that got a little bit twisty around. The, and I don't remember the specifics. I'm not going to say if they got it right or wrong. Twisty, mm. but it just got a little bit kind of pernickety around the kind of third quarter, fourth quarter, beginning. And I just thought to myself. There's no need for there's no need for that, you know. Offensive mm. foul. Let's play. Get on mm. with the game. Unless you're absolutely sure it's one of those. Yeah, calls. yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, sorry. Anyway, that's three minutes. So yes. Uh, well, let's go to the last two minutes. One forty-five uh, to go. An absolute monster and one dunk dunk from. Uh, oh yes, Zach Jackson Zach on the Jackson. break. Unbelievable. Oh. But, it was one of those ones whereby just sorry, he's cut you down. Yeah. Whereby when he picked the ball up, I stared at the screen just a little yeah. bit. Because I was watching this game after I'd come back from Newcastle game, but I watched it. I didn't know the score. Yeah. So I was watching it. I didn't know the score, and uh, I picked the. Well, you see him pick the ball up. You you, you feel the wind up. Yeah, coming. yeah, 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 like, yeah. So you look at the screen a bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a, the cool stuff. And he, and he's he's a guy that doesn't do that a lot, but Big it's almost it. like you can see it coming when he does do it. That's yeah. right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Good. Yeah. He's got that. Yeah. It's almost the, the furrowing of the brow. Yeah. In yeah. the basketball sense, he's like, right, okay. But as the camera, uh, understandably, yeah. close and you go to camera two, close in on him, 
Connor has said something in between or done something well, in between. It's hard to see. He talked, exactly and, um, he talked into somebody's face, um, whoever was dunked on. Um, but again, you know, no one's no one's starting to fight about that. Yeah, nothing, yeah. you know, what I mean, there's no, there's no, um, there's no immediate reaction from the Bristol guy. Yeah, you know, what I mean, so it's not that you, it's yeah, not yeah, that you yeah. need to call. Well, I, I, it's I, what I'm talking about. Refs getting busy. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. You know, there's times maybe you do. I don't know what was said. No, Stone Cold he might have said something, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, but... I, I, I've I've been I've been at my son's game today. If you were handing out teas for chatter, yeah. <laughs> there'd be nobody in the game. They would have all gone. Everybody yeah. would have been teed out of the game. Yeah. I mean, there um, had been some, you know. The, 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 I said before, Connor was kind of getting back into the flow of it, and he, he was, you know, defending on the edge in this game. He was really yeah. up, and he, you know, the, he was. I think a level of physicality to his defense, and I think you know, and you know, I think it was Corey. It might have been Corey Samuels. Mm. I can't try to remember it back. I watched it, and Corey Samuels doesn't back down either. Mm. So it wouldn't surprise me if there's been a bit going on before that, and that was just kind of the final straw. I don't think it was Samuels. I, don't, I think it was King. King. I think it was, was it either King? King or Bell, but I can't okay. remember. Okay. It was one of those two because um, they were they were the one who got uh, dunked on basically. Yeah. So what that does is it means Mayhan gets a free throw before yeah. the and one free throw which he makes so instead of the and one tying the game yeah. uh, at 84 bristol are out back in front 85 uh 84 um and then we go down the other end and there's an error with the shot clock where there should have been a shot clock violation yeah, but it wasn't called cool. but but fortunately leicester got the ball back and then Keith stopped the game. Uh, yeah, refs, refs missed that one. Yeah, um, you know, it should have been, you know, because you know, I, I guarantee you, when when you look, know, when the whole of the opposition bench is up there screaming mm. about something, mm. it's generally the shot clock. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, in late in the shot, it's generally the shot clock, and you know, the first thing is is, is that trail ref you got to be looking at is up the shot clock. Hang on, why is it at fifteen when they've yeah. had the ball? For what seems yeah. like three minutes. Yeah, you know, well, it's what happened was they they'd taken a shot, but they'd airboard it. Got yeah, the rebound. It wasn't yeah, close. yeah, yeah. Got the rebound. No it reset to fourteen, and yeah. then they got another shot. Um, but but they missed that shot. Leicester got the rebound. The game was stopped briefly, but then uh, they got the ball back with one seventeen yeah. uh, to go. It stopped three or four seconds too late. They should have mm. been on it. Yeah. Uh, Washington drives. I thought that might be a might have been a foul. It gets knocked out of bounds for a Leicester ball with five seconds to go on the shot clock. So if he's not he's not one of the guys who draws a lot of fouls driving because mm. he kind of drives straight in. He doesn't often he doesn't kind of often kind of do the stretch out reach like mm. like a Fletcher does. I didn't immediately look at that and think, oh, I watched it back, mm. but I didn't look at it and think that's an obvious foul. Uh, so it's an end line ball, five on the shot clock, 56.4 on the game clock. Delpesh uh, with a double block forces the 24 second violation. Yeah, did we just shot at the rim here, do you think? I don't know. I wondered that. I wondered that. And then I thought it couldn't have because I didn't see. I didn't see Leicester protesting that. No, he was very close to the. He was very yeah. close. He was almost like jammed it up against the bottom of the yeah. But again, cameras, more cameras. We need more cameras. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But no, it was great D by Del Pesce. Yeah. You know, reminiscent block that he got against uh, Manchester at the end of the playoffs last playoff year. Playoff game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so um, 
Do, do, do go forward. Uh, Jelani, uh, Jelani Watson Gale with a great pass out of the pick and roll. Uh, yeah. Delpesh wide open underneath manages to bobble the ball, which allowed yeah. Nelson Henry to recover defensively. But he did manage to score anyway 87 84, 34 and a half seconds ago. That's kind of interesting. You know, we're watching Watson Gale in real time uh, learn to be a pro and learn to make reads and learn to make different plays. And up till now, he's asserted himself as basically a scorer first, a scorer second. And- basically a score a third mm. and for him to make that pass albeit off his right hand it's a pass he, he should be able to make but it's encouraging that he's able to make it and and, and Del Pesh is they, they kind of know where Del Pesh is going to be you know he's very consistent he doesn't catch the ball on the short roll he doesn't mm. catch, he doesn't pick and pop he sets that screen and he's straight down under the basket and he's a mm. big target with good hands certainly better hands than he's had in previous years and you throw the ball anywhere near him he's got a chance of throwing it in of clawing it in sorry a little bit of last year's hands on the catch on the on, yeah. on this one, but he, but he scored in the end, and that's all that matters. Uh, yeah. Whelan misses a three with 18 seconds to go. Loving got the offensive rebound, and then I don't know if it was deflected away from him or whether he just dropped it off his leg, but it, it went out of bounds for a Bristol possession. Is this the one where he? he... I'm trying to think. He didn't throw it back, did he? That was no, no. He basically, uh, Whelan missed the three. It came off the back of the ring. It come out to about 12 feet. And he sort of got it. And then it went off his leg and out of bounds. And I couldn't work out whether yeah. the defender had knocked he it loose or he whether he just dropped it. it no, no, no. It's not. A, it, it was no. just whether it was a good defensive play or he just lost the ball. Yeah. I'm not sure which. It was a good look for Whelan. Um, yeah, it was. You know, yeah, yeah. If, you're, if you're last day, you take that look all the yeah. time. But as I said, it's it's where the ball's ending up in different places to where it's ended up in the past, mm. you know, and, and that that chain, um, that makes a bit of a difference from down the stretch. Twelve and a half seconds mm. ago, Miller is uh, fouled. He goes to the free throw line. They, we talked about their struggles from the line all game. They made two here, eighty nine, uh, eighty four, and then uh, Leicester's play breaks down. It's sort of a pass to the corner, falling out of bounds, threw it back to, um, I think it was Nelson Henry. Um, I yeah. thought that I thought Bristol knocked that out of bounds. I thought certainly, Bristol knocked out of bounds yeah. too. Um, certainly, the way Jelani Watson Grail chased it to try and keep it inbounds. Yeah. Always the kid, always a clue. Yeah, but but it went out of bounds and it was a Bristol ball. Yeah, um, and Leicester. Um, I think there was only about two seconds left, wasn't? Uh, there was about five seconds left. Yeah, so it wasn't going to change. It didn't change the game. I just thought it was the, yeah. it was the other way. Uh, Leicester pressured on the inbound, and once the ball was in, they basically stopped playing defense and King. Ran, ran, ran back a dunk, uh, much yeah. to, to to his, uh, uh, well, not enjoyment, disapproval. I don't know which. Uh, his exclamation point. His, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. But you, this is one where I'm on your side. Yeah, yeah. I'm on your side because you know Leicester and Bristol are tied at the top. They're two yeah. and one. Yeah. It's two and one in three games. Is every prospect that that that, that Bristol, um, that Leicester go and beat Bristol in the last game, and how many beat they beat? And there's a realistic prospect halfway through the season that they're tied. Yeah, although yeah. it needs to be a three-way tie for that basket to come into effect. Because if Leicester, uh, if Leicester win the other game, they've got enough points to. to I'm not sure that VJ King was thinking like that. I'm well, maybe not, maybe not. It, uh, but as I said on Twitter, if he made the, if he made the right decision, if he made the, the if it was the wrong decision but the right outcome, then that's all that matters, isn't it? Well, that's right, and you know, and to be honest, if they're going to get used to, if teams are going to get used to playing and playing to the end, that's great. Yeah, Play at the yeah, end, yeah. just don't don't pick and choose, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, King, thirty points and seven rebounds. The King is actually the second Bristol player to score thirty points in more than one BBL game. Gentry Thomas 
did it three times. Oh. That's the second time he's done it. Eight other players have done it once. Leicester as well. I remember that game. Mm. The um, it's interesting because they've been in the league quite a while, but to mm. only have, uh, I think it's when you add them all up, twelve players to have scored thirty or more points. I'm surprised but, Hamid Ali didn't score thirty more than once. Yeah, no, it, it was just because... once. It was the London game. The, the... That was the London game. I mean, yeah, he didn't score yeah, thirty yeah. in any of the games that season. Yeah, I bet he wanted yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. Um, who else? Yeah, they, they've always been the more way they played. They they, yeah, they won games seventy to sixty five, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the ball's always been shared, and there's been mm. the system. The ball finds the open man. And they're not kind of playing that way this year. They're just attacking. Yeah. Um, but he King, nearly got he nearly got talented. another thirty today, didn't he? Yeah, he, I think he, he was did, at twenty seven. And um, they're starting him at the four, mm. and I like that. There's a, in the beginning of the season, Bell came up, but Bell started, yeah, yeah. and um, at the four, and King played the three. And I think at the four, he is a major problem mm. for almost everybody. I thought Loving, I thought Loving was a major problem for him as well. To be fair, yeah, thought, yeah, you know, yeah, because yeah. Loving was able to step outside, and Loving can post up because he's got that length and shoot over him too. But if you're looking at the guys in the league and, and who um, he's going against, um, you know, he has a step, he has the step back three and he has a step on anybody who's playing the four spot. And um, and he has kind of a nose as to how to score the ball, mm. which you can't really teach or explain. Sometimes it's a fadeaway. Sometimes it's a two-step layup. He makes sure he, get, he gets his six points in transition to keep his averages up. Mm. He gets to the line enough. He offensive rebounds a bit. So there's a whole kind of package there. Um, and Bristol are, re are really benefiting from him becoming familiarised, I think, with the league and realising that there's not many better guys out there. Mm, he is good. Del Pesce had 14 and Watson Gale had 14 as well. Uh, Leicester were led by loving 25.7 rebound, four assists, 10 of 15 shooting. Uh, Jackson, 9 of 14 shooting for 20 points. Washington had 13. I think the biggest thing about this game, I'll say, though, is that if Bristol had shot a respectable percentage of free throws, mm. they scored 100. You know, Leicester rarely gave up a hundred to anybody. Yeah. Um, and I did think that they struggled to defend the paint Leicester in this game without fouling. Mm. And I think that was and yeah, Adekoy had to play quite a lot. Um, because Menzies got into foul trouble and, and Nelson Henry wasn't, you know, wasn't really as effective as Del Pesh. Mm. And that was probably the game. Yeah. I'd back um, Leicester's wings over anybody. Mm. You know, if Leicester's wings were playing any uh, three on three against anybody, any any other three wings in the league. I would take Whelan Jackson loving in a heartbeat. Mm. But the, you know, there's got to be if you tap them down the middle, the wings can't the wings aren't involved. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So uh let's go to the game you were at. Newcastle Eagles 79, Surrey Scorchers 72. Uh Carl Johnson was back for Newcastle and into the starters, and uh Ray was back for, for Surrey. Um yeah. Eagles out to a 13-4 lead, forced an early timeout. That kept going out to 20-6. to Cohen playing really well in the, in the early stages. Yeah, um, kind of saw this game coming, not because of the, the, the virtues of the two teams in particular, but because, sorry, we're coming off a win and Newcastle mm. were coming off a loss. Mm. And, you know, that win is a, it's a great monkey off your back, but it can also, you know, the, 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 en the energy, the, the tenseness of the, the Surrey team before they get that win. Once you get that win, it's an absolute explosion of relief. It can be difficult then to build yourself mm. within four days or whatever it was and back up to another game. And you all think you have, but there is a, 
a natural human relaxation, just just a tenth of a percent, whatever may be enough. Whereas Newcastle are coming off a game where they think, oh, actually, we could have won that. We did some things we shouldn't have done, 99, 97 in Manchester. So they've got an element of frustration about them. Um, that was right. Um, Newcastle starting five is pretty good in this game. And it's I think they, they are, to use a phrase, finally gelling to a certain degree, certainly defensively. And I think um, that's because French in particular is able to defend the screen and roll probably just about as he's, he's very unusual. He's a very bulky, but he's got tap dancers feet. Mm. So, you know, and, and quick hands. That's it. He tried out to be a tight end in the NFL. So he's one of those type of strange body types. But what that does mean is that, um, you know, when you sit in court side, you just see the amount of space that he takes up. Mm. When the guy was coming off the screen, and it's a different look to a lot of other big guys. So that allows the other defenders at Newcastle possibly possibly haven't been as effective this year to have that little bit of um um comfort comfort comfort, comfort that got, mm. yeah comfort blanket because he's behind them. Mm. And and I thought what Newcastle did, you know, sorry one sorry run their um offense early. They run the screen roll offense on either side. They've got Andrew Lawrence and Quincy Taylor. And basically, they were passing the ball around the perimeter. But other than one three-point shot, which Ryan Martin got, um, because Donovan Johnson actually helped off too much when French when French had the lane covered, um, they didn't really get much. And offensively, um, Newcastle still have a way to go, but they started making, but they, they are moving the ball better and they're looking after the ball better. And as you say, Cohen is growing into his role, mm. and he's kind of going through the Teddy Okrafor. Mm. Kind of trans translation yeah, 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 of, yeah. of actually, you know, I'm not playing in Europe anymore. You know, I, I need to, I don't need to, but I'm allowed to look to score the ball. Mm. Um, and he was a 50, 40, 90 guy in college. And, so, and actually, they need him to. And then, yeah, absolutely, yeah, they need yeah, yeah. him to. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. you know, you can't be relying on Hamlet to drop 33 every game. Mm. You know, and they don't, they still don't have much scoring in the big guy, in, 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 in the big, in the bigs. So it was kind of, that was kind of encouraging, um, but then Newcastle's bench kind of when it came in was a bit of a hot mess, really. Um, I thought New, I thought Surrey did a better job defensively because we're getting to the point now where Surrey have a fifteen four run around the first quarter break and it's it's twenty six twenty eight. But I, I I did think Surrey's defense was a little better. They did. Um, I thought they were challenged. I thought they were given less challenge. Certainly when Cohen went out. Yeah. And and you know the, the lineup it was I think. Mockford came in and Darius missed a couple of shots, which you would which you would hope that he would normally make. But there was no second shots from Newcastle. They got beaten in transition a couple of times, and um, as you say, sorry came into it a little bit more. Jalen Jalen Ray came into the game and and, and gives that gave them another threat. But they got out and ran, you know, and they got out in transition a little bit off Newcastle misses, um, and you saw kind of I think in in that period, you know, the first fifteen minutes of the game, you saw the the issues which bedevil both teams. You saw the positives and you saw the negatives of both teams mm-hmm. in a 15-minute span as to as to why they, they, they had struggled. Um, but ultimately, Surrey's offense, they didn't make many shots all night, um, but they didn't get that, outside of transition, they didn't get that many good shots. Quincy Taylor, um, you know, really was was a non 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 impact player for the first three quarters. Andrew Lawrence made a couple of plays, and actually, the only time the better time when they were controlling the game is when he was being guarded by, um, either Mockford or Hamlet. 
and he was able to kind of control and French wasn't in the game and he was able to look over people and make passes and, and, and get to the rim a couple of times as well. Um but then the end of the yeah, the end of the third, the end of the second quarter and the beginning of the third quarter, sorry, just totally dried up. So it two, also got two, nothing from two, Jack Domi in this yeah. game. He felt yeah, you know, he had one of his he had one of it. Jack Domi is like the you know, the North Pole, South Pole guy in the BBL. Yeah, you know, yeah. he could he could be twenty and twelve or he could be zero and one with four yeah. fouls. You yeah, just yeah. don't know. You know, he's so in, so frustrated. It must be so frustrating for Lloyd um because of his inconsistencies, you know. Um uh, it's also that if I hadn't seen such riches, I could live with being poor thing, isn't yeah, exactly. it? It's when you yeah. see the 20 and 12, you go, I need that every week. Um, you get that, yeah. Two two seventeen to go in the first half. Uh, Donovan Johnson with an unsportsmanlike foul on uh, Shakem Johnson. Yeah, uh, I watched that back. I didn't at the time. I thought he made a play on the ball. Yeah, uh, but I was at the other side, the other side of the arena. I mean, so I was a long way away. So when I watched it back, I thought. Actually, you know, he's behind the he's behind yeah. the guy when he reached in. I, reached think, in. I don't think you could see the ball, you know. No. So, I, I I was the same when I watched it live. I was like, "What was that?" And then I then when I wound it wound it back, I went, "Yeah, that's probably the yeah, one." That's fair enough. Yeah, um, yeah. Paddy Wang shoots the first free throw, and I'm assuming there was one person in the crowd screaming, "It's not him, ref! It's not him!" Actually, it wasn't. <laughs> we all know this rule, don't we? Everybody knows should this know rule. Well, Lloyd should know because it happened to him in Newcastle last year with Manchester. Yeah, yeah. Um, or the year before, um, I wasn't actually sure. I did think to myself, was it not Johnson mm. when, when 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 Wang went to shoot it? Mm. But I think maybe Newcastle, maybe Dar- I think it was Darius from what I could see on the mm. TV. I didn't see it live. I think mm. it was Darius who was saying it wasn't him. It wasn't him. Mm. Um, it's not good. I mean, I mean to be fair, you know, the last time the same ref that happened with the same ref, he got it wrong and he um mm. he allowed he allowed somebody else to shoot the second one. Mm. So at least the, the the refs got it right insofar as that. But the players have to know, you mm. know. He, John, Johnson knows that he's the one who was fouled. Yeah, you know, so he has to go and shoot the foul shots. It's not, and, and Johnson's not a great foul shooter, so there is an yeah. advantage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So on, they, on, they, on that occasion, unlike the the Leicester Manchester game, on that occasion, I thought they were doing it to try and uh, try and get a better shooter. Well, it's just something. But it's, it's such not, a risk. It's such a risk to do. You know the difference between. I don't. Yeah. I don't even think they do. I, I mean, I'd be amazed if to do that there would have to be a degree of direction about it. You but know, Wang Lloyd, must know he wasn't fouled. Yeah, maybe he thinks, but they don't know the difference between a technical. You know, well, how many times the technical and sportsman? Yeah, how many times do you know the players? How many times, even in January, you saw it today in the London game? You know, the ball gets tipped off the rim, and, and David Sloan shouting at the ref saying that's a goal. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. It's been tipped off the rim. Yeah, yeah. But we're four months in now. Yeah, yeah, know, yeah, yeah. One, one of the th- we didn't have that many American rookies when we were at Newcastle, but one of the things that we did do was make sure that they. The differences in the rules were explained to them very quickly mm. once they got in, in order specifically that when they got them wrong, or when they thought the refs had got them wrong, we could then tell them to shut up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We've already told you what, what the real yeah. rules, what you can and can't do. You know, because yeah. um, I mean, look, I mean, you know, you've got there's a, there's a clip back in 1997 of Fab trying to call a timeout. Yeah, <laughs> online. Yeah, the yeah. rebound in his hand. Time out. Time out. Yeah. You know, so so he couldn't really you know complain. Yeah. But we always made sure that happened, and so no, you know, and, I, I, and actually, there was no orchestrating. If you shoot it, you don't. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. You know, the players just have to know better, and they lost themselves two potential points and the possession and, of the and the possession. And actually, that came in a spell where the Eagles got the last ten points yeah. of the of the second quarter, so they would have broke that up. They then started the second uh, the second half with a ten zero run as well. So from thirty thirty two with four twenty three left in the second quarter, it became fifty. 
32 with 7.48 on the clock in the third yeah, quarter. I mean, you know, to be fair, Cohen took over the game. And I don't think Surrey... I think, again, you know, Surrey's looking at Newcastle's um, last two games. Hamlet's dropped 64 points, 66 points. So they're thinking, well, he's not going to drop 60 on us, you know? He's not going to drop 30 on us. And I don't think they paid enough attention to Cohen. I don't think... I think he hasn't got a rep yet as a scorer. So I kind of understand that. But in that period of time, you know, he got um, two open threes on the left wing where mm. both times they either went under screens or they miscommunicated on the screen. Mm. You know, and he was allowed just to basically shoot a rhythm three. Mm. You know, this guy, as I say, this guy shot 41% in college. He shot 40% in Germany last year. You know, he can shoot. If you're not going to guard him, he's going to shoot. And then he got confident and you could see actually because yeah. his energy didn't get Cohen, the thing about the game, what being present was Cohen's energy and his kind of manipulation of the team and, and his connectedness to the game was was really palpable. You know, you're getting steals, getting on the floor, getting qu his quickness, just seemed to be of a quicker mind than, than a lot of the other guys in the court. And he got going. And I think he had 16 points in about five minutes because mm. he went from 11 to 27 very quickly on the scoreboard, mm. what I could notice. And, uh, and then ended up making a shot on the kind of on the shot clock buzzer from about 90 feet. Yeah, that was a great shot. Yeah, and that's, that's it. I mean, shot. you know, and, and um, but it's a great shot because he had to shoot it, you know, yeah, 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 two yeah. of a second left. So he had no it's a perfect shot for a guy who's made four in a row, you know, go and shoot this one. Okay. Um, so um, at that point, sorry, we're kind of cracking. Mm. Um, and they didn't really. Because Newcastle defended Wang quite well, and that they didn't, he didn't have the lanes to the rim that he's had in the previous games, and um, so he, he was a bit tentative about shooting the three. And he's, he hasn't kind of proved himself to be a, a, a sniper yet, so he wasn't getting to the rim. The, the, as I say, Ray was playing his first game back, so you can't expect much from him. You can't expect he's going to come in here and drop twenty, you know, because he's still, you know, he's he's he, he took probably four or five shots to make a shot, and. Um, and, and they weren't getting anything really in transition in the second half because they weren't getting stops. Um, they just ground to a halt. Mm. Um, and I think at one point it was, a, I counted it back on, this, it was like a 33 to 6 run or something. Mm. 50, what, 32, well, with, yeah. with 13 minutes to go, it was 64 39. Uh, and, and I actually looked over at that point. Um, end of the third quarter, Johnson gets called for a, a flopping technical, so he's out of the game on on the old. Yeah, the problem with technical. this call though is that there is a genuine problem with this call is that he did, I think, flop. Mm. Um, but Newcastle hadn't had a warning um, the whole game, um, and again, this is something I've checked because I, I was interested about mm. it. Um, they hadn't had a warning, and um, the rules, and actually looked up the rules and was sent the rules are quite clear that you can impose a technical for flopping without a warning. But in, within the rule, it says if there is no contact. Oh, okay. There was a little so, bit. So, so, well, I think there was definitely Sammy Ryan Martin mm. turned and, uh, turned into him with his shoulder and, and made some contact. But I think Johnson exaggerated. Mm. You know, I've got no question about that. So I didn't have a problem with it being called a foul. But you can't give him a technical um, unless, if, unless there is no contact at all, if there hasn't been a warning first. Um, and that, you know... So that's something that that's in that's black and white in the rules. I'll send it to you afterwards. I might even put it up on Twitter. Um, so by calling that, and of course, this is a, sometimes I think with the refs sometimes that they don't remember who's got on sports from and mm. technicals. And the, and the the argument is, well, why should we? Yeah, yeah, then, yeah. But then, but then the argument is, well, if, if you're a football ref and if someone's got a yellow card, you know, yeah, 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 you yeah. know. <laughs> so um, 
So would that unsportsmanlike have been called without a warning? Well, it shouldn't have been called, but would it have been the technical have been called if he'd remembered that it was he was on one? And I know they didn't remember because we always the have table that table. hiatus before yeah. some before the table calls them. We went to say, oh, by yeah. the way, he's disqualified. He's got to go, yeah. Um, so it wasn't great. And in the final point, and that was a really interesting play because um, this is the, the geekery for, for kind of the rules geeks who listen to this. So anybody who's not interested, fast forward two minutes. Um, they allowed the basket to count, right? Mm. So what happens is Martin drives into him and he spins and he kind of hits him with his shoulder and, and Johnson flops and then Martin turns and rises up and with Johnson flopping and lays it in. Now, every flop call I've ever seen has, has never allowed a basket to count. I've, I've never seen one before. And I've, I've never actually known the rule mm. in relation to, you know, what level of connectedness to the ball. Obviously, if it's a, a blocking foul and if you've got the ball... Yeah, in, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you're in your two steps. Yeah, and one. But for for a flopping foul, apparently the issue is all about whether or not it's in your you're in your upward motion. Okay. He's in a shooting motion. Is he in a yeah, shooting yeah. motion? Yeah, yeah. Now I'm not sure because of the way that Martin spun. He wasn't when he actually made contact with Johnson. He wasn't facing the basket. And he kind of made the contact and then kind of spun off him and laid it in. And I think that was a borderline and one as well. Mm. I think I, you know, I honestly do. Um, I don't necessarily think he was in his shooting motion because I think the ball came down and then he went up in his shooting motion after he flopped. So I didn't think the refs covered themselves in glory with that play. Of course, it really shouldn't have mattered. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. What it did mean is that we Eagles fans got a sighting of Everett. Yeah. And uh, we had Everett and um, Mockford and um, some, you know, in, in a, a lineup at the beginning of the fourth quarter, which really didn't really. You still didn't get much of a sighting of Everett, though. Well, to be fair, no, no, I didn't. Um, three and a half minutes. Yeah. Um, but to be fair, those three and a half minutes, both teams were pretty awful. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this is another interesting because they were up nineteen at the quarter break Newcastle, and I think um, that in the first two minutes of the fourth quarter, both teams missed. And sorry, we're waiting to be put away. Yeah. But Cohen was. Well, there was one of those games where it's like both teams have gone. Oh, it's finished. Well, yeah, that's well, fine if you're, the team that's, if you're the team that's up. Um, that's dangerous. If you're the team that's behind, you're just hoping something's happened. You're on yeah. your with house money, right? And we we always said the thing, you know, if you're up by, you know, 15 plus at the beginning of the fourth quarter, you put your best five out there and you win the first three minutes and the game yeah, is yeah. done. Yeah, yeah. If you're up 20, if you're up 20 with seven minutes to go, the game is basically done. If you're up nine, yeah, they've yeah. got momentum where the game is alive. You know, well, Taylor and, and Taylor and Wang pushed them to a 16 5 run in the fourth quarter, and with two minutes to go, it's 75 69, and suddenly looking like it might be back in the balance a bit. Squeaky bum time, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. um, you know, Newcastle had scored six points in the quarter, mm. and as I say, it, it all came for me because Mark was too conservative and he sat Cohen down at the beginning of the fourth quarter when he should have been in the game, he'd had some rest. You know, and he played two guys in Mockford and Everett who had no positive contribution to the game so far, mm. um, and put them in at the end of the fourth quarter to try and buy a few minutes. And to be honest, what you're more likely to buy in that situation is losing momentum, mm. as opposed to the, you're better off riding your guys and winning the game with five minutes to go and them putting yeah. those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's a, a kind of a learning curve for him as a BBL coach. Um, in relation to sorry, sorry, event, sorry, eventually realized that Newcastle weren't ready to put them away. And started making some plays. You know, Quincy Taylor in particular mm. made three or four tough plays, and 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 then the the, the atmosphere, which was you know triumphalist, and yeah, 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 yeah. makes that three. Yeah, yeah. And every you know, it's it's and suddenly it all gets a bit quiet. And, yeah. and if Kennedy hadn't made a three, I think, um, 
it may have been um it, it was, the, to me the decisive bit hamlet to the ring and then johnson Jim johnson commits an unsportsmanlike foul cohen makes two free throws it's back to 10 oh yeah he got him in, he got him he yeah. got him with a shoulder didn't he yeah, half yeah, court yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, it was. It wasn't a deliberate. I don't think it was deliberate, but I think it was overly. I think it was excessive. Yeah, yeah, it's all that on the basis of it looked like it hurt. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So Cohen was ten of thirteen shooting, four of seven for three, seven of seven from the free throw line, thirty-one points and seven assists. Thirty-one of uh, thirteen shots again, twenty-five and eleven. Yeah, Thirty-one of thirteen. That's pretty yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, Hamlet, 13 points. Kyle Johnson, 12 points and six rebounds. Uh, Shikam Johnson, uh, 16 points, seven of 10 shooting, 14 rebounds as well. Yeah. Um, Andrew Lawrence, 14 points, five assists. Uh, Ryan Martin, 11 points and eight rebounds. Ryan Martin is one for 18 from three in his last three games. Yeah, well, the interesting thing about the fourth quarter run about this game was, and it's something we might see more from, Law from Surrey going forward, is that they changed because Ryan Martin... Um, did and, and Charleston Dobbs did not play from about a two minute mark in the third quarter, from my memory. They certainly, I don't think we're playing in the fourth quarter. And he went with because he's got the guards now, he went with Lawrence, Ray, and Taylor. And when Ray came out, he went with Carey. And Wang played the four, and Johnson played Shaq and Johnson, who was actually a bit of a live wire in the game, mm. you know, quite impactful. He played the five. Now, that's literally the smallest team that Lloyd could put out on the court. Mm. You know, they're literally the smallest team. And that's what got them back in the game um, because they were they were able to defend with that group and it freed up Quincy Taylor a little bit to, to shoot the ball. So look for that from Surrey going forward. He's got an abundance of resources. Mm. But, you know, you know, ultimately, if a guy is one of 18 from three, eventually he's going to get benched. You know, because there's only there's only so many shots in a basketball game. Mm. If you don't make them, then you're not helping your team win. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, it was, it was interesting. I thought that the guards in this game were far better than the bigs, as, yeah. as, a, as a rule. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Other than other than Johnson's athleticism and and, and French's defense, Defoe didn't play in the second half. You know, Everett gave Everett got nothing. Donovan Johnson, I think, made one jump shot. Um, Ryan Martin maybe made a couple. Um, you know, the guy, it was a guard's game, but um, ultimately Coombe was the, the best guy out there. Let's go to Saturday night and the uh, BBL Trophy, first game of the trophy. Uh, Plymouth City Patriots 105, St. Mirren uh, Saints, I think their nickname is, 52. Uh, obviously, they'd announced the fact that Williams was going, Antonio Williams was going to Iceland. Yeah. And they'd signed Juwan Daniels, but he wasn't available yet. Yeah, I mean that's that's it's intriguing. I mean, obviously, the reality is Plymouth is a club which is only fifteen months old. Mm. You know, we all forget, we all think of Plymouth being around for years and years. This is a new club, fifteen months old. It's a new business. It's the same old franchise. Yeah, same franchise. Yeah, no, for your stats purposes, yeah, okay, yeah, but it's a new yeah. business. They, they have the same issues in relation to the the pavilions and the costs yeah. and the, yeah, yeah. And, the, and the difficulties that they have there. And you built you're basically building something from nothing. And we all know that the economics of British basketball are not necessarily stacked in the favor of a new newly formed company. Mm. They're not. Right. Um, so if Antonio and and this is the downside of all your sky games, of course, it gets mm. to kind of show off these guys around Europe. Mm. So somebody at the bottom of the Icelandic league sees Antonio Williams going off for 25 or 30 against London Lions mm. superstars. Thinks, well, I quite like him. Wonder mm. what he's being offered at Plymouth. And thinks, well, actually, you know, 
we can offer we don't pay we only pay four of our players because it's kind of a semi-pro kind of league whereby a lot of the the national team players are are doing other jobs. Therefore we've got actually quite a bit of money that we can pay over three months or four months compared to what Plymouth are able to pay them. Right. I'm not even we, sure it's that. I think their season finishes at the end of March. I think well, that's three, two, two and a half months. months. So they've got a big splurge, you know, for a couple of months, two and a half months. And they speak And he's the it. sort of guy that could go out to Iceland and average thirty. Exactly. And he could change yeah. the season. So, yeah. so and they go to um say um the Antonio's agency, look, we'll triple your money. Well, Plymouth can't stand in his way. Mm. And Plymouth are quite right in not standing in his way. You know, and, and you know, and it's not a question of, you know technical contracts or irregularities you know if a guy gets a chance in a short career which is could be over falling on you know slipping over on a tile somewhere mm. he gets a chance to to triple his money or whatever and i don't know that i'm, not, I'm just mm. guessing so there's no there's no inside knowledge here at all he gets a chance to make a better living then then from it have to say yeah great not a problem and that's how you get a reputation as a club who's interested in the best will of its players because we all know that ultimately um every player in the bbl wants to play in the nba now, realistically, they're probably not, you mm. know, but um, there are plenty of other places that they can pay, play somewhere they would not get paid as much as they do here and somewhere they would get quite a few where they would, could get paid a lot more if they attain that level. Mm. And, you know, we can't just, we have to understand our, our kind of positioning as a mid-level league mm. and, we, and we can't step in the way of, of guys who, you know, the Crandall thing as well, you know, Leicester, mm. he signed a contract for Leicester, but ultimately... You know, if he gets a chance to play German BBL, you know, no coach is going to say, "Sorry, you've contracted to us for a year." You've got to stay well, here. I think definitely with Crandall, there was a buyout, so actually the German club yeah. paid paid to release him from the contract. I wasn't quite as clear with Williams as to whether there was a hint of a buyout. It sounded like there was. Uh, I'd be something. surprised. I mean, uh, to be honest, as a as a player, I, mean, I never dealt with a buyout when I was with Newcastle and all the years we we were around there. We never put buyouts in contracts because of the, the, it was known that kind of somebody wants you and they're going to pay all that money, pay extra money to you, then you'd go with our blessing, you know? Mm. You wouldn't step in the way. And as a player, why would you want to be it to be, oh, yeah, if you pay 10 grand to this team, then they can, you can sign him. Well, as a player, mm. you'd want that 10 grand yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so why would you agree in your contract to... to um? To to uh, to the club having a right to claim some money for you if you go now maybe the club would say well we want it and mm. or whatever and I'm not saying it's it's not I'm not saying it's a a mechanism which can't be used or that there might not be circumstances where it's useful um but in the BBL given the the other the other way around it that I've I've heard of in the past is that an agent will pay the club to release yeah. the player. Yeah, and that can happen. Yeah, club. and that can happen. Um, but ultimately, you know, PJ does not want somebody sitting on the sideline who is who doesn't want to resentful. be resentful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, know, you just can't have it that way. And um, the, the marketplace is such that there is a proliferation of which I think ninety nine percent of people are unaware as to the amount, the pure amount of talented American players who don't have a job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, <laughs> proliferation of players. Um, and you're talking not tens, not twenty. You're talking about Hundreds, if not thousands, right? Yeah, yeah. So the 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 you um, can just go and pluck a guy out of Foot Locker, and he can become a two-time MVP. MVP, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, indeed, Dan. And then that my, my only ever achievement, and, I, and I'm not taking I'm not taking credit for anything Ramon's done since, because mm. it's that's all been him. Mm. Um, but the fact that he landed on a plane with a working visa, 
in this country is is the one thing that can go on my epitaph. Um, yeah, but there is, but the, the, and that means that the, the balance of it is, you know, you have to, you know, you you have to be player. We have to be player friendly in this country. Mm. We have to be encouraging these guys to come on the basis that we're not going to hold them back if they can get massive better offers elsewhere. What we have to do in the meantime, as we've talked about many times, to build the economy of the sport so that we can give them the same offers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and so someone like Fletch, um, who has stayed, but he's kind of the, the you know, rare, mm. you know, rare. In, in, in the guys that have stayed, but um, we'll see, we'll do. So no, so on a prosaic level, it's tough for Plymouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, seriously tough because Williams is a has been their kind of life and soul. He's been their ticker. Mm. You know, bouncy up and down, always and it's always injecting them with energy, playing with kind of a manic nature, just on the right side of crazy, you know what I mean? Mm. And helping them win games as a result. And PJ has kind of pulled the wires, pulled them back, let them go, pulled them back, let them go. And losing him is is tough. And I think what PJ's clearly decided that he's got enough with Simons and Brandon and he's going to bring in another scoring wing. And the guy he's brought in, to be fair, is a teammate of Bell, Bell, not Kendrick yeah. Bell yeah. and was an all-first team conference player. Mm. Problem is, it's January, so by the time he's up to speed, it's February. So will we see the best of them? Um, is a question. In the meantime, they well, get... I suppose they hope the impact that that Williams made a year ago at virtually the same sort of time uh, could be recreated yeah, somewhere. I say it's different for a gardener forward. Yeah, it is. I yeah, think yeah, yeah, I yeah. think it's harder for a forward. It all depends on you. Got to find your spots when you're getting the ball. And Plymouth are quite structured. In the way that they play, they're not Bristol or Manchester. They're not just flying up and down and letting talented guys go at it. You know, they're based very much on LBC and Rashad and play around him. Mm. So it's tough. Um, so not quite, uh, tough as, not as quite as tough as St Mirren, to be fair. No, you know, no, no, I mean, no. Won the Scottish Championship, get yeah. it provided with the the um with the, the only Scotsman in the, the basketball um mm. world, drawing them out of a pot <laughs> to go and play in Plymouth. <laughs> um, at least on a Saturday night, and I heard somebody. Um, I think it was today. The Kieran was saying on the game today. Um, well, at least you know they, they went out there. At least they had a Saturday night game, so they'll have a good. They'll have a good night. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All I'll say about that is, look, you know, I was out in Plymouth on a Saturday night before Sunday games regularly. You, know, <laughs> you couldn't get you couldn't get pizza and Pizza Hut after nine o'clock. Yeah, yeah, um, so if they found somewhere to be to be partying in Plymouth tonight. Congrats, guys. I have to say, I wasn't very keen on. I never really found anywhere myself. But so again, that's probably not the type of person I am. Um, a couple of threes know. early on from uh, Ali Alaverdi. Uh, sorry, a couple of threes early on and Ali Alaverdi scoring inside. They, it was 7-12 after five minutes and everybody who bet on St. Mirren was cashing out. Yeah, I bet they were, yeah. And uh, <laughs> had you? <laughs> no, I don't, I, don't, I don't think you can bet on St. Mirren. No, no too, I think but... that would have been, that would have been, that would have been, that would be his definition of, <laughs> Courageous, wouldn't it? Um, absolutely crackers. Um, to be fair, you know, they've traveled down there with eight players, two of them yeah. I think are kids because they didn't play in the first half. Yeah, uh, they have two really solid, they had two really solid players, Alaverdi, um, who the, the guys in the commentary were saying had played, you know, for Iran and and look, he played, not... he played uh, 3x3, uh, the yeah. Asia Cup 3x3, uh, for Iran. He's also played a little bit in the Iranian league as well. Well, if he wasn't, if he isn't the MVP of the Scottish league, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm not, I'd be surprised because he I thought he was exceptional the way that he played before and then he got hurt. Um, you have um, Cleary who was really solid and who um, you know played Commonwealth Games, kind of not in full out professional athlete shape. I think you no. could say, 
but you know, some of the but clearly skillful, understands the game, knows what his game is. Um, then Fergus Hart, who played a little bit on the Rocks bench, but basically, you know, five guys and going down there playing against people who are athletically superior to them. Mm. And actually, they run the system really well. And PG and, and the biggest success and the biggest thing I can say for them is that you know PG had to call a timeout three and a half minutes in. Yeah. You know, and we had many for many years for whatever. And this is why I was slightly skeptical of the draws. And um, we drew Scottish teams in the trophy. It wasn't drawn it was in those days. It wasn't drawn in those days. It was geographical. It was ge- no, 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 not the group stage. When, when yeah. The oh, right. Yeah. Because we played, we played Dunfermline, then we played Edinburgh Kings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, I, I do remember when we did this draw. Lasker saying, oh, we always used to get a draw. And I was like, what are you talking about? You always used to get a tough draw. And he was like, oh, we always... And I went and read it, and Newcastle had, like, D1 or Scottish teams seven times. Yeah, I was so like, what right, are you yeah. talking about? I was sceptical about it, because, I mean, yeah. there was Troon Tornadoes yeah, and Dunfermline yeah, 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 yeah. and, um, as I said, Edinburgh Kings. And, and the games, in those games, those guys are coming up for a night out on the town. Yeah, yeah. And I don't blame them for that, because, you know, unfortunately, they don't practice every day like we do. And... and um, I remember, I think um, that was that is one of the more obscure stats, actually, coming back mm. to me in relation to BBL triple doubles. Go on. Nick Schlitzer. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah, Nick yeah. Schlitzer, the BBL triple double against, I think it was Dunfermline, mm. at the new arena in 17, in 1819. Mm. You know, there wasn't that, there's not many BBL triple doubles in the no, past. No, no. Nick had one. Um, and so you always worry about getting injuries. To be honest, um, and I remember those poor guys that done film having to guard CJ get these. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> CJ seven foot, and you know, not many CJ Gettys in the Scottish many CJ League. CJ Gettys in the Scottish League, bless him. Um, but I thought actually you could see why they won. Yeah, because they, they had a system. They ran it even when they missed shots. They were getting good shots. They were smart enough defensively to be competitive. And all the way through to the first half. And generally, if, yeah. if games like that stay competitive after about seven minutes, you're doing well. Yeah. You know, well, Plymouth, Plymouth from, from the five minute mark, Plymouth scored 20 unanswered points to lead 27 12. But then it kind of stayed there. It sort of stayed yeah. in 15 or, or, or low teens, sort of thing. Um, and then uh, Alaverdi hobbles out just before half time and, and with it went a lot of what they could. Yeah, Muster well, he killed them because I mean, he he was their focal. He was there. He was in, in in basketball parlance. He was you know king of their usage. He was mm. a very high usage percentage in in the possessions that they had, um, and he was playing well. He was playing hard as well. You know, he was playing well, um, and that kind of made it a little bit more um, you know boys v men mm. basically. And then Hart went down in the third quarter, and it, it, they had a thirty nine six third quarter Plymouth. Yeah, and I didn't watch it after that. Yeah. Um, because I'm not interested in that, in watching that type of that type of thing. Because at that point, they'd given it their best shot. Um, but you know, the best shot with everybody is is it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, but the best shot with half a team is you know with half with their best guys not playing. Yeah, it's just it's, it's just not fair at that point. No. No. And um, I began to start disapproving of some of the people on the Plymouth bench jumping up and down every time someone made a shot. Yeah, to be honest. Yeah. Um, albeit that was very curmudgeonly because you know it you is a bit curmudgeonly. It is, yeah, isn't it? So yeah, they're at home. They got a big. I'm still feeling. Yeah. I'm still annoyed about that Pizza Hut episode. <laughs> Nine o'clock on a Saturday, and you couldn't get a medium pizza in Pizza Hut. Mm, shocking! You know, didn't have enough dough, apparently. Oh dear. 
No, that you was actually didn't. True. No, they didn't. <laughs> didn't oh, have okay. enough dough. Yeah. I had, I had it. I had a thing in German Donner Kebab in Plymouth where they wouldn't serve me, even though they were serving. They were, and I was like, that guy just, and he was uh, Uber Eats or something, and I was like, well, what difference does that make? It's crazy, anyway. you know, because Plymouth is probably the BBL city I know the best, because thinking about it, we didn't do overnight stays. Mm. We generally go to Plymouth twice or three times a year because mm. they were good, you know. We played them in the cup maybe. And we did an overnight stay basically every time unless it was a Saturday night game we could get some people carriers and crawl down the motorway at 90 miles an hour and get them four and a half hours. Mm. Didn't happen. Um, and so we did lots of, lots of overnight stays and whereas everywhere else, even if we were sorry, you'd be staying somewhere out in the commuter belt. You would be yeah, nowhere, yeah, yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah. And, and, and nowhere else would we stay over. Um, so I'm actually quite familiar with the, the environs of Plymouth City Centre. You know, it got quite... Um, because we used to stay at the Copthorne Hotel just at the top of the yeah, road. Yeah, yeah, been yeah. There. Yeah, and then walk down to the pavilions and, and you have a wander around and, you, and there was a Nando's there, so the guys would go for Nando's before that. It, it, it began to it began to kind of um it's it it be it began to work with me after about five times, you know, when you knew where everything was and you could you could have a look around, you could wander down to the pavilions. Um but it's a long way to go <laughs> for a walk to the pavilions. Yeah. Um so, uh, actually, the biggest ever win for a team from Plymouth. Uh, Manchester were beaten yeah. by the Raiders by 51 points in October 2016. Uh, so, Bell, 16. Uh, Simmons, 16. Eight points, five assists. Brandon, 15. Uh, Chris Cleary, 18 points, 10 rebounds. Chris Carroll, 10 points and seven rebounds. And despite only playing 19 and a half minutes, Alaverdi was the third top scorer, or joint second top scorer, uh, 10 points and six rebounds so let's move to uh today's, today's scheduling today's scheduling uh and full disclosure there were four or five foul outs in my son's game today so i'm basically missed the first quarter of uh certainly the whole of the first quarter of caledonia and most of the first quarter of manchester uh, against bristol Fortunately for me, it was a tight start, and the first run wasn't until late in the first quarter when it went from 2020 uh, to 25-34 with uh, Watson, Gale, and Samuels both hitting threes as Bristol got on top. Yeah. Oh, I didn't give the score, did I? Manchester Giants 94, Bristol Flyers 103. Um, I think it was 95, wasn't it? 95. Sorry, sorry, 95, 103. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. a very important point. Yeah, it is very. Yeah, can't very get that wrong. Can't point. get that wrong. Yeah. The hook shot went in at the end. I actually flagged it about four minutes to go on Twitter saying that we were at risk here. Yeah. Uh, um, but um, now I watched this game prime. I watched kind of on and off. This was on my mobile and um, Caledonia, London was on the computer until it got a bit boring. Mm. Um, Bristol, Manchester was everything you thought it was. It was two teams doing everything that they do. Mm. Um, you know, basically, you know, a thoroughly entertaining game of shot making. Um, physicality, competitiveness, skill, um, not much structure. Um, so basically, I would describe it as a player's game as opposed to a coach's game. Yeah, Just yeah, fine, yeah. you know, yeah. basically. The players are going to play. And um, and everybody made shots. Everybody made plays. Um, Fletch picked up a couple of fouls, but he, made, he came out and made a couple of threes early, so he was ready to go. The Bristol guys were ready to go. You know, Mayhan bombed one in from about 25 feet the first play of the game. And and then the difference in this game ultimately was the rebounding. Mm. Um, that Bristol just marmalized Manchester. 
mm. on the rebound on the on the on the glass um at both ends. And actually Manchester probably made more shots and made more plays offensively, but Bristol just was so relentless um in the way that they went about with at both ends. Um, that they, they deserve to win. I thought, um, again, I'm talking in broad brushes here because I've watched it, watched, I watched most of the second half of this game um, straight up. But um, yeah. this Bristol centres, Delpesh and Smith, they are getting a fantastic contribution out of those mm. guys. You know, a fantastic contribution. And then if and with King getting more comfortable as a scorer and those other guys knocking down shots, and everybody seems to shoot well in that gym, to be fair. Everyone does. Um, you know, they, they put up 103. And, and as I say, if they've made the foul shots against Leicester, they put up 100 against Leicester as well. Mm. You know, so it's not a fluke. Um, uh, so second quarter, Giants getting to the basket. 10-3 run, cut it to uh, 46-48 just before halftime. Dirk, three at halftime, made it 49-50. And then it was 64-66 with four minutes to play in the third quarter. And then we had a bell three. Fletcher picked up his fourth foul. Miller scores eight in a row. And Watson Gale hits a, a three on the buzzer. They had an 18-5 finish to that to that quarter. Yeah, and suddenly it's um, gone from a close game to 69-84. Yeah. Kind of nailed me because I put on Twitter about half time at Twitter. I said, can someone please fast forward to... That's <laughs> yeah. I was getting a bit forward. Um, and of course, Bristol come out and put them away. Um, yeah, it was just, you know, the you know, they got shots out of it. They make I know what you say about the offensive rebounding, and, and I think the numbers support what you say, don't miss the first shot. But there are times where it becomes so dominant that it actually yeah, becomes yeah. debilitating, yeah. Yeah, it, you yeah. know, from a mental perspective for the opposition. Yeah. You know, when you get that those possessions where there's like five shots and then Corey Samuels drains one at the from the corner. Mm. Uh, five, four off into you've got Jason Swain on commentary saying that you know, man very very rarely says a negative thing, saying that we have to, we've tried to be nice to these guys, but this is unacceptable. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, you can't be giving up this many um them hustle players. And and they were kind of they kept Fletcher in for a little bit when he had four fouls, but then went away from him. And it was again. It was that beginning of the fourth quarter when the game's mm. being played. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, 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 this will be the second thing that goes on my gravestone. You know, mm. not necessarily the last minute in the BBL. It's not the last minute. It's the beginning of the fourth quarter where momentum turns and shifts. And it was a game which was going to be dependent on one run. Mm. And just like the um, kind of the, the, the previous two Manchester home games, which have finished 99, 97, and 95, mm. 94. Mm. Um, so if you make a run in the third quarter as opposed to make one in the first or second, it's a little bit harder for Manchester to get it back. Mm. And that's kind of what happened. They got to the, it was like about midway through the fourth quarter where I was looking at it. I was eating as well. So I was kind of hoping they weren't going to get back in the game and I was yeah. going to start writing things down. Um, they had a few looks where you thought, oh, if this goes in, if this goes in. And they yeah. couldn't quite. And then at the other end, Bristol weren't able to put them away, but like you said, they would get an offensive rebound. So even when really. they don't score, they they'd have 40, 40 seconds come out of the Yeah, well, they clock. missed some lips and they got a little bit tentative, playing a little bit like um, we talked about in the previous game, mm. playing from um not Bristol, um Caledonia, playing from the front. Yeah. You know, you get they got a little bit tentative, they didn't quite shoot the ball with the same certainty because they don't have a shot clock in their head those guys they're not playing to the end of the shot clock they're playing to the first the first good shot and they're shooting it and then they go and get it and i thought they slowed down a little bit and that doesn't help them 
Um, on top of that, you always have this feeling, as I say, Manchester are just so so much talent, so spirit. But Dirk Williams is a one-man offensive wrecking mm. crew. And Taj Green is going to rebound what he doesn't really doesn't um, make. And then, you know, Ramon's going to pull all the strings to get these guys the ball when they need to. And um, so you always feel like even that, if there was one team in the league down here, a team of five minutes to go, you'd put money on it, it would be Manchester. Mm. Yeah. You wouldn't put much money on them, but you wouldn't immediately yeah, yeah. rule out the possibility of saying actually they could win this game. Yeah, yeah. In that gym. And you're right, and they came back and and, and they um you know well, got the, the the point at which I cracked, put my food down and wrote something down was fifty six point four seconds to go. Dirk Williams makes two free throws, ninety two, ninety-eight. And yeah. I was ready then. And then Bristol come down the other end. They missed the shot. But what happens? They get an offensive rebound. They it's get back to the rebound. line. It doesn't, um, doesn't Miller miss two foul shots and they, they rebound the foul shot? Yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. know, and it's and like, it you know, that, that then Jason got that spot on. You know, it was an absolute microcosm of the game. Mm. You know, I think the rebound, when I, I looked at the stats after that, and at one point in the fourth quarter, I looked at the stats and it was like 40 to 20 on the glass. Mm. Mm. And teams, and they're missing the equivalent amount of shots. Yeah. It's not like it's not like you know they're getting lots of stops, so they're picking up lots of easy defensive rebounds. Yeah, yeah. You know those numbers are pretty meaningful in a game like that. And um, you know, seventeen yeah, offensive rebounds, seventeen second chance points. Seventeen offensive rebounds, and then to get one off a off missed foul shots mm-hmm. at the end when the game's still on the line was just absolutely um broke down the game. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, Manchester, it's kind of been coming because. You know, if you're going to win 99, 97, and 95, 94, you're going to you're going to lose one hundred and one to ninety five. You know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you, you, you yeah. know, it's 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 regression to the the mean in relation to results. It's why in the NBA, you know, when people look at the, the, the records, the teams, they, they look at the points difference, yeah, often a lot more than the record, because the close games generally come down primarily to to a little bit of luck, a little bit of bounce. Was it a goal ten? Was it not a goal ten? Mm. You know, so those three games, Manchester could be zero and three. They could be three and zero. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in fact they're two and one, which is probably about right because they're at home. Yeah. So you'd expect them to win two out of the three. Um, but you know you can't keep giving up 97, 95, 102 on your home court, mm. and have everybody shooting the lights out, and have everybody going off against you. Um, if you're going to be anything other than kind of an upper mid-table team, they've got the talent there to do it. Um. They've certainly got the talent there to do it. Um, I don't know if, if yeah, but they've got it's that thing you've got so much talent, it's so effective. You know, I, I wouldn't want to have to guard them one position from, from my life, mm. put it that way. Um, but when you've got that degree of talent, you know, are you able then to, to dig in at the other end and emphasize some of the stuff that which doesn't really show on the talent sheet? You know, mm. and that's going to be their separating factor. Because if they can hold, if they can actually even hold teams to eighty-five, they're going to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah. I know they play fast, so there's lots of possessions. So the scores, the, the number of the scores, isn't going to be higher. Like, yeah, it's going to be high, but yeah. that's still not the same as giving up fifty-five or fifty-six and a half. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Like they did to Caledonia, like they did to Newcastle. You know, that is not winning basketball. You know, you're going to win some games. But it's not winning basketball. So they're on on the kind of the crux of either being a five hundred team, or being one of the teams who realistically you could see giving London a game because of the way they play and the talent that they've got. Yeah, yeah. So so they are one of you know, and I don't know which way they're going to go. Um, but with William Lee, if if Lee gets back healthy and fully healthy, 
you know, and they stick to the guns of the way they play, and they can just add just a little bit, get a little bit more out of Roberton, maybe offensively, because they're fine defensive when he's in the game. Mm. But offensively, it, it, it kind of impacts him because they've got a big body in there who's kind of blocking the lane a bit. I think find a way to work him in offensively, um, then, then yeah, they're pretty good. Mm. Bristol, however, you know, hats off, you know, mm. they just keep playing. VJ yeah. King in particular. But Thomas Bell, I mean, Thomas Bell has makes more ridiculous looking shots than anybody in the history of the BBL. You know, he flies flying over his head from his right hand, scoop shots with his left hand, little push three pointers, um, all energy, all effort. Um, you know, they you know, they're just they're playing great, really. You know, our all our no, can't do it on the road. We can't do it on a wet Tuesday night in Stoke. Yeah. Well they're four and four it. on the road. That's that's well in this league at this point in time, it's pretty good. Well, there's only two teams above five hundred on the road, and that's uh, London six and two, Leicester six and five. Mm. Mm. Uh, so Dirk Williams, 36 points, uh, Fletcher, 18 points, eight assists, Green, 14 points, uh, King, uh, 27 points, 11 rebounds, four assists, uh, Bell, 15 and nine rebounds and Smith, 12. They shot 50% from the floor, had 17 offensive rebounds. There were 49, uh, no, 39, sorry, rebounds. Uh, at that end of the floor, 17 to 22. 17 offensive rebounds for Bristol, 22 defensive rebounds to Manchester. That's going to hurt. That's going to hurt. So let's go to Glasgow, where Caledonia... I struggle with that every week, don't I? Caledonia Gladiators uh, lost to the London Lions 60 to 84. Obviously still without uh, Ali Fraser. Best back uh, registered for the Lions. Yeah. Herban uh, is the man to miss out uh, at the moment. Uh, and again, just as if on that, just so yeah. people understand our understanding of the rules, and we may be wrong, but we don't think we are, is that every time you get five, you can register five foreign players, and every time you play a different, and that's fine. The maximum registrations you can have in a season is nine, but if you want to play a sixth one, whereas keeping the fifth one, you've got to deregister the fifth one to play the sixth one. So in theory, when Taylor comes in and Best doesn't play, Best should have been deregistered, which means that for best to now be registered, he counts as the seventh registration. Correct, yeah. He counts twice. And Herban um, can't play until um, somebody else is deregistered, and then Herban could come back and be the eighth, and then someone else could be the ninth, and, and that's it. And yeah, I don't think, I'm not sure how it would work. Well, actually, I'm sure, I think. The transfer window comes in at the end of February. You can't say anybody after February. Mm. And at that point, to anybody who's not registered is done. Yeah, that's my understanding of it. Now I know that there was a, a couple of years ago, London actually tried to change that and tried to say, well, look, you know, if you've got players in your squad, you should be able to um, shuffle them around. And there was some resistance to that mm. with the other clubs. I don't know if that was it. That changed. I, I, I asked the question when they signed Taylor and was told it's still nine. It's still nine. You know, so. So they've got some shuffling to do and they're going to have to make some decisions on that. And maybe they think, well, look, we've got so much going on. There's no harm doing it. We're not going to sign any new guys anyway. We've got our group anyway. But but for whoever's number down. six, come the end of February, that's a long Isn't time. Yeah, yeah. That, that's my understanding. But it's, 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 done, for the, um, it's done for the BBL. Mm. Um, so it's an interesting little thing. As an aside, I'm actually not really in favour of the rule. I think the rule is silly. I think London mm. came right, I think. If you know, if we're going to throw away a salary cap and we're going to throw away this and throw away that, then um, we may as well go to the whole hog and say, Well, look, you know, if you've got these guys, you can provide you can register seven players at the same time, you play five, mm. you know, well, you know, well, you know, and then 
I I'm the I push back there on that. I actually don't think it's. I, I don't. I, I think it uh, takes the competitive imbalance a step further than it already is. So I think it is. But I, think I suppose so already it's not meant to, you know. So what? Yeah, yeah. Like, so 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 I suppose if you were to a little, if I was to find a, a middle ground, then I would say you can't have seven. Maybe you can have six. Yeah, but it is still only going to be one team that can do it. Well, it is. Well, yes and no. I mean, to be fair, you know, I mean, you, you get imports. You can, you know, if somebody, let's say, um, pick my team. Um, let's say Cohen gets injured. So let's say they've only had six changes. They've only had yeah. six. Right? Cohen gets injured, and and they obviously want to keep, but he's injured for a month, and you can bring in a replacement point guard. Yeah. Right for a month. But that um, would be the ninth in Newcastle. It would be the ninth in Newcastle yeah, this year. Yeah, yeah I appreciate yeah. that. But I mean, if it takes you over the the top limit, that's fine. But why shouldn't you have? Why should you have to deregister him? Yeah, yeah. To bring yeah. in to bring in somebody else to play. It doesn't. You know, it, it just seems to me that ultimately, if these guys are going for Euroleague, which we all seem to think that they are, um, it's very unlikely that they're going to be going for Euroleague with five Americans mm. or five foreigners. Sorry, you can see them ending up with seven or eight foreigners because foreigners count as European players now as well. Mm. Um, and if they end up with seven or eight players of that nature, um, then they, then you're looking at a real decision as to whether they have two squads, yeah, yeah separate yeah. squads or what, yeah, yeah. you know. And for the league, it's better if they have one squad. It's a better because yeah. it doesn't because it, it doesn't create a, mm. a, a, an an idea that the league is in some way inferior to, to the Euroleague. Oh, that's our good. These are our good guys. These are our guys who just play in the BBL. Yeah, it doesn't elevate the league if we've got a different team playing. In yeah, yeah, no, league. I agree with that. I suppose yeah. the challenge would be uh, if you have a Euroleague squad. This we've had this discussion. Yeah, before. of course we if have. You have yeah. a Euro squad doesn't matter which five you roll out there. How, how I mean, well, no, the, yeah. I mean, and the answer the way the they're answer, playing right now, everybody else gets yeah. everybody else gets lots of money and and competes. But that's as we know, that's 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 a great idea. Everyone wants to spend the money. No one wants to. Work out how to get it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, but anyway, that's where we're at at the moment. So that's yeah. where we're at at the moment. The, the Urban's um, Urban's taking a break for for a week or two. One would think. Mm. Um, not that it changed. Not, not that it changed the um, the Vulcan Death March. That is the London Lions. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and again, uh, as if to help me out on my uh, the flight down the M1 back to my house. Uh, not a lot happened in the first quarter. It was tied 21-21 with uh, two minutes gone on the hope that you, um, second quarter. I only hope you drove as opposed I to did drive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. But I thought all criminal defences made out there. <laughs> Your Honour, I know I know somebody who can defend me. Yeah, uh, London, I thought, turned up the defense and then almost got his third foul. And there was a a nineteen four run by by um, by the Lions, and they were twenty five forty up uh, in a five minute spell. Um, I heard Kufos again. Kufos just dominated the period in the second quarter when the game was there was any jeopardy in this game. As you say, it was in the second quarter after the teams had got going, and I thought um, Kufos just. Just absolutely dominated. He was just unstuck. Taylor Taylor knows he can throw him the ball on the on the short roll, which is basic, where he doesn't roll all the way to the basket, mm. but he kind of stays shoulder alongside him and throws it to him from a ten feet from the basket. And he's got that little push shot. Mm. Then you could get to the rim. You could give him the ball in the post. Um, I'm glad he was a player of the month last year because I thought mm. last month because I thought he was you know he's really turned it up, and I thought he was a massive difference. And I didn't think Tape could handle him size wise or experience wise. Um, 
give credit to some of the London youngsters. Caboza came in, played with a ton of energy defensively. Ward Hibbert playing with a ton of energy. Queely's out for the season with his knee. Mm. So you think that Ward Hibbert's going to play a lot more and he's earned it. Um, Caboza is an intriguing prospect. I don't know if, did you see the end of this game? No. Because Caboza got carried off in the last oh, minute. So he, and he didn't seem to do anything. He was sort of, uh, Glasgow had got the ball back. He was in the corner on his own and he st- seemed to start limping and then he just went down. Mm-hmm. And obviously the camera had panned away uh, because it was Caledonia running the other way. And so you couldn't see whether he fell over or he just decided mm-hmm. to sit down because he'd hurt whatever, whatever it was. I mean, the way he was moving, it looked like it must have been uh, some sort of leg muscle but yeah. it's hard to tell. Um, well, anyway, he was really good in the second quarter. He, he got his hands on some balls and he competed. And, you know, and they, those guys were playing really hard. Um, the, the, the young guys and, and the coaches, they manufactured an offence whereby they're not given too much to do. So if, you know, if they've got Kabosa and Comagam in the game, they're going to be in the corners. Mm. And Taylor and Decker and Kufos or Taylor and Gecker and Zubchich are going to be in the horn set. And they're going to be running their stuff. The three of them, they're going to run the three-man game on one side of the court to try and get something good before they, they swing it to the other side. And then the other guys on the other side get to be opportunistic and cut for rebounds and cut for stuff. So they've got a very nice kind of division of responsibility between the young guys and the um, the most senior guys. The most senior guys know how to take the take the um, responsibility so they're not wasting possessions. Now, you can defend that if you're really smart and you really want to overload and make those young guys make plays. Um, but you've got to be committed to doing that. Mm. And even then, there's nothing to say those young guys aren't going to make. Yeah, Caboza looks like a kid who can make some plays. He can make some plays. I think he's one of those. I think he may end up being a guy who can be, you know, six of seven or zero of seven mm. at this point in his development. You know, but he's going to be putting it up. He's not scared. Mm. So, you know, you throw all of that. You know, in Comagum, even Comagum started making some threes as well. Mm. Um, so, you know, they're, they're really well structured. But I thought, you know, the physicality of Kufos and Decker and and Taylor and Nelson obviously as well. It just wore wore Caledonia down in this game. Um Caledonia the, the, the I don't know. There wasn't much bounce in their step from playing against London. I'm pretty sure they're in Glasgow and it's January. So mm-hmm. you know that's probably a bit of a culture shock for half of their team. Um but you know you know, Gareth ended up probably playing some of the Scottish guys a little bit more than he would really want to. You'd want in those games, you'd want Burns and Sloan and 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 Bailey going toe to toe with those guys, and I don't think they really did. Um, and I'd really lost interest. I was watching Bristol Manchester in the second half, so I lost interest in the second half. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a pretty it. pretty routine second half. Will Kemp, who's only played five and a half minutes this season, was on the court in the third quarter. Um, which was the notable fact I got out of that, but that was about it, really. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so the. the and then Caboza the, going off injured at the end, which didn't look good at all. <laughs> so Sloan led the way with 13 points and Tape 10 uh, and 12 rebounds. They were the only players in uh, double figures. Uh, 22 of 57 field goal shooting, 7 of 23. Well, I will say is, I mean, there was stuff on Twitter about, the, you know, them. Um, London down in Glasgow yesterday, warming up, practicing in the venue yesterday. Mm. Right, that doesn't happen in the BBL. It's happened right. more now. Now, in the last year or two, it has. Teams travel the, travel the day before. It's only you lot. It's only you lot that wouldn't let people train on the uh, get, on the court. We never had the court. 
Hey, I, I've got stories of you lot preventing a team from training in another building. It's, uh, it's oh, else. building? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Fab, wasn't Fab wasn't um, happy. Um, no, I've seen it. I've seen it this year. Glasgow, Glasgow were um, came down to Leicester and they were training at Leicester. I remember seeing that. Glasgow were somewhere else uh, overnight and they were they were practicing on the on the training court this year and i've seen Leicester do it last year as well been no, right. away okay. somewhere it does happen does happen a lot more now than it used to well, fair yeah. Enough. yeah yeah um best five of seven shooting for 15 points kufos 12 points decker 12 points only sharma 2207 and ward hibbert 2023 20, played more than 20 minutes wow mm. wow it's called routine yeah routine uh so let's go to uh another fairly routine uh result uh at cheshire cheshire phoenix 101 at plymouth city patriots 82 Archerobia and neighbor were both out arm and chest injuries um but i remember that story i know exactly what you're talking about now it's clicked with us i know there you go <laughs> uh the uh next yeah. get nick's getting nick's getting to the rim getting on ones no field goals for plymouth in the first four minutes it's 14-1 yeah, um, yeah, not the best weekend for Plymouth having to play on a Saturday night in Plymouth and Sunday at five thirty in Cheshire with Williams down. Mm. Um, Cheshire had all week to kind of do it. Cheshire didn't have much of or neighbour, which meant that they started Teague at the five, mm. and that makes them even harder to guard. It opens the court up even more. Um, they haven't had to do it much this year. But it meant that then um, they could start Daniels, who's another shooter, um, which means you've got uh, Evans, Austin, Daniels, Jamel Anderson, and Teague. And they're all guys that, you know, other than Austin, probably you wouldn't want shooting shots. So, and the fact that those guys all want it, all can shoot it means that, um, and Teague's got some size on the Plymouth lineup as well, means that Austin can get to the rim. And Austin made a living at the rim in this game, mm -hmm. from what I could mm -hmm. see. Um, and Plymouth just looked like a team that needed injection. You know, their usage, you know, Hassan looks tired. I don't know if he's slightly hurt, but he played a few minutes. He's played some limited minutes in the last few games and doesn't quite have the kind of the bounce that he had earlier on in the year. Um, the game started off 14-1 because obviously he was waiting to see what his teammates had. And they only actually came back into it when he actually started shooting the ball. Mm. He made some shots for them. When he had to, but if he has to be the scorer as a last resort, that becomes a problem. And then you have kind of a team that's been built on energy all season, which kind of ran out of it, I thought. Mm. Um, and they played in spurts, but um, but Cheshire were always had them at arm's length, and Cheshire were making shots as well, which helps. I mean, Jamel made shots, yeah, Raj Teague made shots, Daniels made shots, and um, and they've always got. They're always a pest with with Austin and um, Evans in the backcourt. Yeah, they're both thieves. You got to be so, you got to be alive to that. Simmons had a a bit of a spurt for them with seven in a row to cut it to twenty eight twenty one. But a couple of threes from Daniels had it back to double figures at the end of the first quarter. It was eleven with a minute to go to half time, and then uh, uh, Jamel hits a three. Then he blocks a shot. Nick's twice got to the basket, and and final play of the first half. I don't know if you saw that. Um, they just ran the clock out. It's like LVC didn't realize yeah, how didn't long know what it was time, there. Didn't know what the time was. That's right. It was but, all a little bit, yeah. 
so they so they scored 7-0 in the last minute 7-0 run in the last minute to be 59 41 ahead and then they started the second half with an 18-4 run again it was mainly getting to the basket the odd three chucked in here or there and, and there was 77 45 up thought, and it was you know there was very little resistance at the basket mm. you know you know um they're not they're not oversized they're bigs or skinny mm. and then they're probably power forwards all of them if you're being blunt you know has even Hassan plays a five but bell and hawthorne are kind of athletes mm. six seven athletes kate has struggled um in this game just because you had to guard one of the anybody you had to guard is either wider than him or Quicker than him, you know. It wasn't a game. There was there was no Archerobia for him to match up with, for instance. Mm. So that means that, and also Plymouth when they went down, they started chasing it. You know, the, so their offensive discipline kind of went. And whilst they can do that, we you know when they're down twenty at London, and you've got Antonio Williams who's going off and can get to the rim and can score. Mm. You know, it's a bit different chasing it with Mark Hedrick Bell, who's mm. yeah, a rookie, um, who's a forward, but he's backing people down and shooting off one pass and that type of stuff. He's just not as efficient a scorer as Antonio Williams, you know, and the same for, for Hawthorne in the fast break and stuff like that. So um, I think it's a weekend that Plymouth, I think Plymouth have reached that kind of kind of dividing line in the season. The railway lines are kind of diverging mm. and a lot of it will depend on the new guy. Yeah. As to how much, as to how quickly he can be integrated. If Simons can kind of regain some of his mojo because he got a technical in this game, so he's so his mate from college has gone to Iceland, so he's still there and he's not played well since he got back from injury. So he's probably thinking, How's the world? The world's against him at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So is he going to get his mojo back? He played uh, all right today, yeah. He made he some scored. shots, he did. yeah. He made some shots tonight, but he also got a technical, he got a dumb technical, yeah. Yeah, you know, did, which really. is often in technicals are an insight into players' minds. Mm. You might just think, oh, it's just a player being frustrated. There's generally, the technical is not does not arrive from what they see on the court. Technical arises from mounting levels of frustration and discontent mm. um, beforehand in relation to the way that the game has gone. Um, so yeah, um, they, they're at crossroads. Cheshire are just pl- plodding along, and yeah. they're, scoring, they are what they are. They're doing very well. Lot. Scoring a lot at the minute. Scoring a lot because they've got they've they've surrounded basically. They surrounded Larry Austin with a bunch of shooters. Mm. That, that's that's the that's the um the the bluntest kind of um Jack and Ori kind of story on it. Mm. You know, you surround Larry Austin with a bunch of shooters. And when you haven't got when it's not Will Neighbor, it's Taj T. Um and then you play with a bit of energy, you get enough points in transition off your defense, off cheap steals, you're gonna be competitive with everybody. There's gonna be some nights when the shots don't go in, they're not gonna win. There's going to be some nights <clears throat> London where you might not be get the shots off, mm. um, but they're still going to probably win more than they lose. And and you know, they're probably at this point the kind of the direct opposite of Manchester. Manchester could fly high, but you but also need to sort out some of the issues that they have with the defense. Mm. Whereas. Cheshire, I think, are going to be what they are. From where they were early in the season, they're they're in fourth place. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the way the league is, though, isn't it? I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Even even Bristol and Leicester kind of coming back to the pack a little bit, um, but uh, and Parity is kind of kicking in with with a lot of those other teams. Yeah. Um, but no, they I've got I can't you know they've got a really nice BBL lineup. Yeah, they have. Yeah. To be fair, and then when Jamel makes shots, 
I mean, you remember the one game they didn't have Jamila gave 120. Yeah, 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 downside, yeah. You know, yeah, so yeah, yeah. so let's um let's be clear about this. You know, they're still, you know, it's it's defense, not the offense that wins in the games. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Teague 21 points, 10 rebounds. Anderson six of 11 from the floor, five of nine from three point range, 20 points, six rebounds. And Larry Austin 20 points, seven rebounds, six assists, and five steals. Yeah, impressive yeah, stat line. Yeah. Uh, Simmons shot 50 percent for 32 points and six rebounds. Yeah. Bell 18 and seven. And Hassan had 11 points and seven rebounds. Oh, I didn't say, how did you saw any of those 32 because I wasn't watching? Yeah. So, um, well, but maybe he's back. Yeah. Well, that's two. He had uh, whatever he had against uh, St. Mirren as well. So that's two games in a row. Um, it's had a triple double. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, London uh, lead the way 13 wins and two defeats. Bristol in second, 13 and six. Leicester. With a game in hand, 12 and 6, game in hand on Bristol. Uh, Cheshire are in fourth place, 10 wins and 9 defeats. Manchester, uh, 8 and 8. Caledonia, 8 and 9. These two are the most homey away teams in the league. 6 and 2, Manchester at home and 2 and 6 away. Caledonia, 6 and 1 at home and 2 and 8 away. Um, Plymouth are also 8 and 9. Uh, and Sheffield, 7 and 11 they've obviously made some changes this week as well newcastle closing the gap on the sharks five and 11 and surrey two and 15 at the bottom yeah yeah shaping up nicely we'll talk about sheffield but when we get the chance yeah yeah i can't wait you know it's interesting to see where they go now as well indeed some good games some not so good games <laughs> as ever, as ever. Uh, well i'm sure next weekend there'll be some good games and some not so good games and dave mm-hmm. and i will be back to do it all over again but have a great week whatever you're doing we'll see you next sunday goodbye mm-hmm.